Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're clear to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit powered by Lyft. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff, and I still don't have a helmet. <laughs> I, I still have three helmets. I sent, yeah. I sent the loaner helmet back. I don't have four helmets. I have three Just helmets. because you felt bad for me. I, you're such a good friend. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, it's coming to you. Maybe it's not. No, we got a great show. I want to like get right into it. Um, we Let's got, get it. Let's get it. We got the, uh, the Rob Holland on the show, which I'm super pumped about. Um, and Mark and I made a really good list of some talking points. So we're going to, I guess we should kind of, uh, just give a little, uh, a table of contents here. So we're going to talk about the 22 sportsmen known. We're going to talk about, um, you know, uh, practicing, which you should practice. Going to get into the U S unlimited team and let you guys know what they're doing, how they train, um, where they're going, when they're going, all that stuff, all the ins and out and uh, kind of like behind the curtain stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about coaching, uh, a little bit about aircraft, and maybe we should uh, wrap it up with some Frisbee talk. I like it. <laughs> I like it. What's up, Mr. Holly? Mr. Bobby Holly? <laughs> How's it going? Another day in paradise. What do we want to start with, Jeffy? Well, are your landscapers coming by or are we good to go? Dude, they came by yesterday. And even if they did come by, it would be, I'm in a different room. I'm in a less vulnerable room. But as we've already discovered, it's echoey as shit in here. So <laughs> um, it's, it, I'm trading one problem for, for one problem to another, unfortunately. Yeah. Too funny. But no um, gardeners today. Whatchamacallit? Let's see here. Let me get it. Let me get to my uh, production notes here. Um trying to multitask or something i'll send well, that he's looking up notes rob how's how's the uh, air show season been going so far it's been going good um just finished up a show in geneseo i'm actually home in new hampshire for a few days which i haven't been in quite a long time and then uh, my next show home? is in greenwood lake new jersey <laughs> yeah believe it or not <laughs> but yeah so far so good it's been a good season nice how's the airplane holding up oh it's great yeah i've Basically no problems. Um, tires, brakes, tailwheels, and that's about it. Everything, everything's holding up pretty well. A friend of mine can't ask for anything more than that. Just booked a, a Davy. Just booked the show in um, what the heck is the name of his air show? It's in Maryland. It's like Tiki something. It's something over the river. Did you hear about that? I think Scott Francis was supposed to fly it, but he had that bird strike. I don't know. I don't. I don't know which one that is. Yeah, it's like a second year show. Anyway, so he's like, "Do you ever?" He, he texted me. I oh, know we were talking today, whatever, but like, he's like, Hey, yeah, I do a show in Maryland. Never heard of it. You ever hear of it? And I'm like, no, it doesn't sound familiar. And, um, I go on it and this air show, not to be uh, gross here, but, um, they have a bikini contest at the air show. So, <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't draw a crowd, I don't know what's going to, it's called Tiki Lee's <laughs> shootout on the river. I swear to God, it's the second annual shootout. They have a bikini contest on Friday. So, um, I guess. Uh, what decade uh, is it? 
I don't know, but there's like a poker run. You know, it's, it's like all about boats. And uh, I'm going to shoot you guys the link. So while we're, we're chatting, you can interesting. You can take a look, but it's hysterical. So I emailed them back and I'm like, I don't care what they if they don't pay you, you need to <laughs> you need to go to this show. <laughs> and, I, and I'm your crew chief. Do it for free. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Sorry to sidetrack there. But um, that's what happened today. That was the highlight of my day. Rob, what's the um, what's the craziest air show you've attended? You don't have to say maybe like where it is if it's like super embarrassing. But has there been like a like a I don't know an air show or a flying or um something an event you were doing uh, where this it was like just totally off kilter, totally off the wall, or really poorly ran, and you were just like, oh my god, and total cringeworthy. Oh, there's been plenty of uh, poorly run ones. I won't name any. Um, <laughs> where basically it's like the performers kind of take over to run the show because the producers don't know what they're doing. Um, luckily it doesn't happen too often, but you know, 20 years of doing this, I've definitely run to a few of them. Um, I mean, for the most part, they're all pretty professionally run. I've never run into an event like Jeff just mentioned. So that's, that's a new one to me. Yeah. I just sent them your contact info. So hopefully they call you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to book this guy. <laughs> yeah. Please, please. <laughs> Either for the bikini contest or for the flying. Yeah, but they only had one person flying this. It's uh, again the name of it because I think you should all go just based on what I've been saying. Call me an idiot, but uh, Tiki Lee's Dock Bar, <laughs> second annual shootout on the river. And they have like one air show guy there. Like last year it was um, <clears throat> who's that guy Rob who flies the pit? It's like a pits. It's a remember Kendall Simpson. Well, his his late wife's S two S. Oh, um, it's like an end flight. I know you talk about the name escapes me. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. red, the red and blue one. Um, yeah, he flew, it. he flew it last year. Whatever. And then Scott Francis was supposed to fly it this year, um, but you know he had that incident with the bird. A lot of birds. It's like birds are on strike. Get it, dude? <laughs> it, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, okay. dude. Uh, Scott's bird strike was pretty gnarly. And then um, I, I don't even know if we talked about Bob Freeman's bird strike no. on the tail. That was crazy. That was insane. It's, did Scott Francis call you, Rob? After that happened? No, I haven't talked to him. I just I just saw the pictures of it in the social media post. But that was pretty crazy. I guess they were... I know this like third hands would take with a grain of salt. But I guess they're going to take the wing off. Send it out to Oregon to uh, Composites Unlimited and let them go through it. And hopefully they can fix it. If not, it'll it'll need a whole new wing. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. It like went into the yeah, wing. Yeah, it looked like it stopped right at the spar. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, cool. If the, star, if the spar is still good, he should be all set. They should be able to fix it, no problem. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Crossing fingers. All right, so Rob, what do you want to what do you want to tackle first? So do you want to talk about team stuff? Do you want to knock out the uh, sportsman stuff a little bit? Do you want to talk about coaching? Like, where, where are you thinking? Whatever you want to do, just keep it generic and just ask away. All right. Whatever cool. you want to talk about. Well, Mark is. We kind of segue into this too. Mark just got back from attending his first contest. So, I heard that. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, and he was in. And he was a line a, judge, Not a line judge, a, um, a corner judge. He was the wine judge, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he loves wine. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh my god, that was a, that was great. 
Yeah. Um, I, I boundaried for Sportsman and Unlimited. And it was funny because, uh, well, it's not funny, but uh, as most contests seem to be uh, ran nowadays are under volunteered. You know, we've talked about Rob, you've said that Jeff, you've said that and Brian Jones and, you know, many other people we've had on here have all talked about how, you know, kind of low volunteer turnout. And um, so, I, you know, I came I literally came was like, hey, put me to work. I don't care. And I didn't care. I was happy to sit uh, on the boundary and do it. Um, but it was very funny um, to hear uh, the different philosophies on the radio of boundary <laughs> judging. It was really uh, interesting because they're begging. They were like, literally it was like, you know, like in the back of an airplane, like when somebody gets sick and they're like, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor? Literally, um, you know, Dave Watson and Jake Carter, you know, um, you know, shout out to those guys and everybody else who was working so hard at the contest. But they're literally like, does anybody need, can anybody read a resty? Can anybody read a resty? I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> does anybody have a pulse? They, does anybody have a pulse? Literally, I, I shit you got. I think, I think they found... They found like the airport manager or something like that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be a bouncer judge. And like they're like dri- driving out there. And uh, Duncan's like, hey, uh, can you read a resty? You can read a resty, right? And he's like, what's a resty? <laughs> like, oh, that's not going to work. For unlimited. You know, like sportsman's one thing wow. I, I would imagine. But like for, keeping up for unlimited. So, yeah. Um, but, it was, you know, it was it was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. So how many else fun to sit on the boundary and. I got kind of lucky. So I was on the north boundary and the winds were really howling right through the box uh, and kind of blowing um, through it, but also uh, south. And so the south boundary is called a bunch, but I called a few and and they had to be egregious. They were pretty egregious outs um, to be called out. But I did definitely hear the south box go out in, out in. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Jeff would fucking die right now. Yeah, I would. Um, and then it, I it want was, you to be a bounty uh, judge Jeff's contest. I would love to. I'd call him out just just on principle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that prop, if that prop tip, if you if you drag a tire, the tread of a tire through that boundary. Um. But yeah. Just, it, you know, I'm it's just going to lean over Jeff. this way for a second. <laughs> Jeff will be on the complete opposite side of the box, and Mark will be like out oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> No, Mark's gonna Mark's gonna call on the radio out north, south, east, and west. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as, soon as I hear the in yeah, the in south call, I'm gonna say out north. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I will say Brian. calling outs for sportsmen though, dude. You, you know, unlimited is one thing because they're you know typically much lower, and it's very easy to tell when somebody's out unlimited. At least it was for me, sportsman. I'm like. This is we're really grasping at straws yeah. to see if somebody's barely out or not, and and to hear those out in calls, even on Sportsman, I was like, that is that is messed up, Rob. What's there's your, no way you can accurately tell. What's your feeling on Sportsman with because um, the it's a tight upper and lower limit. It's fifteen hundred and shit. Um, is it thirty five hundred? Thirty two. Thirty three. Yeah, so like with the when these guys come barreling in at sportsman in a in an extra, you know, everything forward, um, doing like two hundred knots. Um, basically what I'm getting at is don't you think it's almost like a little bit of a handicap flying a monoplane if you don't power back a little bit in sportsman just because you're just gonna blow through the top and bottom? Yeah, I mean if you can't manage your speed, that's gonna be a big detriment to you. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you get both sides of the coin. You get someone in decathlon or Great Lakes trying to maintain as much energy, energy as they can. They get somebody in an extra or something in there. They need to manage that energy or it's going to be a hindrance to them. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah. So you you wrote the 2022 uh, Sportsman Known. And for anybody listening in Sportsman, we're going to kind of give a little spark. Well, Rob's going to give us some spark notes and a couple of tips for you guys. Um, but how, how long, and I'm not taking anything away from the quality of it, but how long does it take you to make up a sequence like this? Cause I've seen you just, you're like a, you're like the, uh, Russell Crowe. What's that movie with when he's like the mathematician, um, a beautiful mind. You're like a beautiful mind <laughs> beautiful putting mind. together sequences. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mark, you have no idea. Like we'll, we'll be at a training camp and you know, we'll get like unknown figures to put into a free unknown or some bullshit. And like, we'll be like, smoke will be coming out of our heads and like, we'll be throwing chairs and just frustrated. And Rob's like, oh, let me have a, let me take a whack at this for about 30 seconds. And it's like, beep, boop, 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 boop. And it just comes out like, oh, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But yeah, he's, he's really just good at putting together sequences. A walking it, computer. I mean, for the knowns, it's a, you know, I, I had my ideas for, um, sportsman, intermediate, advanced, and unlimited, and I submitted it. But there's a there's a committee, so everybody has to look at it. Everyone kind of picks it apart. Everyone throws their opinions at it. And the original sequence that I wrote, it's all the same figures, but we kind of reorganized it a little bit, just to yeah, take into better consideration, like you know, someone flying a a Great Lakes or a Stabby or something like that. That energy and wind is going to work for them. But yeah. um it's, it's a while. It takes like a month or so to go through everything, you know, because you're trying to do everything via email. So, you know, you can't yeah. do anything too quickly. Out of the out of the whole sequence, um, which figure do you think is is one that or which one figure or, or maybe there's two in a row that somebody should practice? That's the the highest chance to lose the most points. Which figure should they work on the, the most now? See, I. I mean, I break it down even more than that. I break it down into the elements of the figures, right? I mean, if you really think about it, there's um, there's radiuses, there's lines, and there's rotations, right? And there, I mean, there's yeah. a couple other things like cameras, but for the 99% of it, that's all it is. There's lines, rotations, and, and radiuses. So if you can practice, you know, like you and there's a lot a of ra- there's a lot of radiuses in the sportsman. Yeah, there is, but there's um there's really only a few basic radiuses, right? There's like looping radiuses. Mm-hmm. There's radiuses like when you're pulling Loop. to a vertical out of a vertical or to a forty-five or whatnot. Um, and there's like the top of a Humpty or the top of a shark's tooth. Those are all kind of the same radius. So if you if you practice it, that there's only a few different types of radiuses, it becomes pretty easy because now you're doing the same thing for most of the figures. You know, if you practice the lines, you know, your vertical is always vertical. So you don't have to think about it. You practice all those fundamentals, then everything else kind of falls into place because everything's constructed of those things. You know, if you do a Humpty, it's a radius, a line, a radius, a line, a radius. And if you think of those terms, two of the radiuses are the same pull, the pull in and the pull out. There's a separate radius on top and there's two lines. So if you really break it down to the fundamentals, one, it makes it a lot easier and two, you're you're actually practicing the right stuff instead of just beating your brains out, flying a sequence over and over and over again. Right, right, right. That makes and sense. That, um, I'm just looking through it right now. Um, how much altitude? So if somebody was in a super decathlon, figure um, three, which is a, a one and a half turn spin, um, obviously you got to go up and practice and, and take your own notes. 
But is that is that the most important figure as far as hitting the proper gate? Because it kind of sets up the uh, the limits for the rest of the sequence, and it's going to be your biggest loser. Like, is that super important to nail that figure with your gate? Yeah, that's important. But I'd back up more, and the the two figures in front of it are probably more important because they set up for that figure. Gotcha. So if if you do gotcha. one and you end up a little bit low, and then you do two, you don't carry your forty five high enough. You already had a handicap going into three. Gotcha. So, I mean, it all how, starts at the beginning. How long would you, um, I guess it kind of depends on where you finish one, um, but would you plan to to finish one a little bit higher and do a short 45 up, or would you kind of like come in, come in blazing, do a big Humpty, a big downline, and then show the judges a long, you know, a long, a long uh, 45 degree up into the, into the spin? Would you rather do like a short one, or would you rather do a long one as far as like presentation? Well, one, it kind of depends upon the day, but I'd say on average, um, I wouldn't want to do a short line. I would want to do a reasonable line, but I wouldn't want to do a long line. The the more you can reduce the length of a line, the less susceptible you are to the wind, right? And getting blown gotcha. around the box and getting out of position. So don't make it short. Gotcha. You know, you want them to actually guess, was that a line? Was that not a line? And you want to be at the right speed for the radius at the top, obviously. So it's, you're not drawing like a giant loop up there. But um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't go for even an extra, you know, Maybe a three-second line, and if you have to pull the power back, so you can have a nice radius at the top. Two nice. or three seconds down, come out. Um, a longer 45, so you can cap off right above your stall, so you can count to two and go right into the spin. The mistake I see most people do is they cap off, they accelerate a little bit, now they got to decelerate and then try to drop the spin. You'll never drop the spin where you want to drop it. So yeah. use that line as you're oh, setting yeah. for the spin, so you can cap power off one, two and go right into it. Gotcha. And then, um, so that was figure three, one and a half turn spin. Then it goes into figure four, um, which is pull vertical, pull inverted 45 down two, th- two or four quarter rolls. And then into a half loop up element. Now, how would you want to do figure six is a, is a, is a cross box figure. So it's 180 degrees. I'm just saying this, you guys, so that the audience knows where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you plan to take six? Would you want to do that away from the judges or do you want to do that too? I mean, totally obviously the wind kind of depends on it too. Totally yeah. depends upon the wind. Yeah. And it depends upon what you're flying, where you are in the box. So if you're, yeah. if you're flying something low powered and you're starting like at the top and you're working your way down in the box, I would start not in the back of the box, but a little further back in the box. And as I come down, I'd get closer to the front. So the perspective for the judges is kind of the same line of sight, right? It's just going to present gotcha. better that way. So if I had the option of bringing the turn to the judges, I would, but it's really going to depend upon the wind. Okay. But the trap there is people will come off the, um, the element and they get impatient and they go right into the 180 degree turn and then they're completely out of position Uh. for figure seven. So you got to sit there, do a cross country, go to the other side of the box, do your turn so you can properly position number seven. And then the same thing after seven at the top of it, do another cross country for the half loop down so that you can put the actual loop in the middle of the box. You don't get crammed on the side. Okay. So, so yeah, it's, all so it about, it's all about presentation and knowing where you are. Totally. Um, so seven goes into, it's a 180 degree turn and figure seven is pushed down 45 and then pull around um, to another what? element to level, level up. Right. Am I what on do right you now? call it? An upside down Cuban? Is that what you call it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I should call it push down, <laughs> push down, pull around. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I guess. The so yeah, it's. I guess I don't know. It's like a goldfish kind of thingy. I think they call it sometimes. 
Yep. I got to research that. But my question is, is I see a lot, not that I've seen too many of it, but when I was my judging days, uh, the next figure is figure eight. It's a, a split S, but instead of a half roll, it's a, a two of four or two times four. And like people seem to, you know, they hit the the second point to get to inverted and they just yank. Um, is there anything that you used to, because you used to teach in a decathlon, like what was your method of, of teaching students to not pinch that and um, get a nice round radius from that split S? Because that seems to be like biggest downgrading thing that happens with that figure with people and sportsmen. Well, again, we're getting into radiuses, right? And that's a looping radius. So you're literally doing the back half of a loop starting at the top. When you're at the top of a normal loop, you're kind of floating it until you're about 20, 30 degrees nose down before you start getting on the G. So that's where you have to start in the half loop down. You got to pop off the line, float it till about, I don't know, 20 degrees nose down, and then start getting on the G so you can have a nice radius at the top. Where I see people make the most mistakes on a figure like that is they pull a power back, thinking that, you know, they're going to save speed and altitude. And you actually lose more altitude if you pull a power back. I've done this with people before where they have them do a, a split S down full power and a split us down with no power and full power usually lose one to 200 feet less than without power. And you got more energy. Yeah. You did that with me and yeah. um, I'm a believer. It's eye opening, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, no, no one believes it until yeah. they try it. Yeah. And then it's a, a loop and then a hammerhead, pretty basic. And then, um, so last question I have with the sequence, um, is figure 10 is a hammerhead and the bottom of the box is, uh, 1500 feet. And, um, my early days, the guy that was mentoring me really, really close friend. Um, he was big on presentation. He's like, just, you know, wherever your lowest point in the sequence is, you know, and this, he would have been like, you know, there's a roll right at the bottom, you know, last figure, like drive that hammerhead to the bottom of the box, you know, hit, hit like a hundred feet above the floor and put it right in front of the judges is what would you say to like a student to do uh, at the end of the sequence? Yeah, I mean, if you're good enough on a downline to know your altitude and know where to pull and be able to pull out at the proper altitude, like if you've practiced that enough, you can do it every time, then definitely that's going to present better. I wouldn't put it at the yeah. bottom. I'd give yourself like a 150-foot buffer. But yeah, I mean, the, the totally. closer to the bottom of the box, the better things are going to present because you can see them better. Yeah. So, Mark, are you going to fly this at, what was the contest you were talking about flying sports for that? Did we lose Mark? Usually you guys lose me. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep going. He'll, he'll he, he's muted. Oh, oh, I was unmuted. I didn't. Even, sorry, guys. I didn't realize I was muted. Um, I'm sitting here Frank, talking to myself beans. like a total a-hole. Freaking beans. <laughs> God, I added so much to uh, to that discussion that was awesome, and um, yeah, it's gone forever. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do Redlands. I'm gonna I gotta see if I can get the time off. <laughs> you and your soundboard oh yeah so What's redlands was it when is yeah. that when is it i think it's september september 3rd uh 3rd and 4th cool yeah so are you gonna do it yeah, do you want to make a statement i'm the the plan is to try to do it i i literally don't know if i can get the time off because i have uh, a hawaii trip planned like two weeks later so i'm gonna try to get i'm gonna try to work out both um, I, I think I can probably swing it. So privileged. It's going to depend on how busy I get. I know. I know. Um, but I, re- I, I want to do it. I, I will say that, um, going to Tracy, um, and just, you know, obviously seeing the people that I've, I've known and have been friends with for years and years and years. Um, but just hanging out and kind of being around it, like it really did kind of spark, 
um, the desire to maybe want to do it again. What was your biggest enough. takeaway? I think Rob would find this interesting, uh, Mark. What was your biggest takeaway from going to that contest? Like after you got back from the second day? This is going to sound really shitty and and uh, really elitist, um, but it was how much <laughs> worse people flew as an average than I thought they would at a contest. And I mean, I don't mean that I could fly better than them. That's not what I mean. Um, and, you know, there were some very, very talented people there uh, that flew very, very well that would whoop my monkey butt up and down the course. But um, just... I really, I really put the flying, um, on a pedestal that I think was a little bit unreasonable when I was thinking about how people show up to a contest. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Rob? Like, I don't know if that sometimes makes Sometimes people like, you know, that haven't been to a contest, they'll show up and they'll just think that everybody's scoring nines and tens and high eights and stuff like that. And, you know, there's people that just don't get enough time to practice and, you know, it is what it is. They're safe, but you know, these don't practice that much. So it, it kind of shows. You know, do you think of people that that happens a lot with people going to their first contest? They're like, oh, they are human. They're not just a bunch of superstars at these contests. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it's a regional yeah. contest, right? I mean, as long as you're safe, yeah. should people attend. Some people just, they don't have the time or the money to practice all the time. But if they can show up and have a good time and build on their skills, then it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean that anybody w- w- was showing up. Uh, making an ass of themselves or yes, do. unsafe that, at all. It, you, you told no, me No, I really that. don't. <laughs> you said that to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm kidding. It's just more of like, I watched the flying and I could see, I could see where the mistakes were made, um, especially, you know, through, um, you know, like some of the advanced, but, um, you know, intermediate is kind of hard. I'm sorry. Um, and unlimited is kind of hard just because uh, I don't look at the sequences and I, they're they're pretty complex figures um and it's hard to sometimes it's hard to literally pay attention um and i don't have the eye like you guys have for it but you know watching um sportsman and intermediate it's like okay i can see where somebody made a mistake here and there and um i just i literally just i had a different idea of how people showed up to contests i really did i i in my mind i was like you know what if i'm going to do intermediate um I, I would really have to put my nose to the grindstone for a couple a few months and, and really hit it hard and really get some critiquing and coaching and um, do it before I show up. And and to do intermediate, I think I would still do that. Um, sportsman, I still want to get coached and critiqued and um, work on, you know, gates and, and all that stuff. But I could, I could with a reason amount of confidence, reasonable amount of confidence show up and be safe and competitive. Um, maybe practicing, yeah you know, a few times. Hey, right. I was like, that took a lot of the pressure off as I was watching, um, the contest kind of going, I'm like, okay, like this is actually, I really did kind of build this up into something that was unachievable in my mind, uh, for my current life, you know, circumstances. And it's really not that, um, granted there, you know, getting a contest that's kind of close is hard. And I just let the closest one go by the wayside. And I just watched and volunteered instead of actually fly it. But next year I'm going to fly Tracy for sure. Hell yeah. Um, but I'm gonna try to do Redlands. Um, I don't think I can pull off Borrego, unfortunately in October, but, um, yeah, it's probably, it's probably not. I mean, for anybody out there going to plan on going to their first contest, it's probably not a horrible idea for your first contest just to show up and volunteer. At least that way you can like figure out how things run and see the lay of the land and have some sort of clue going into it before you show up and trying to fly for the first time and have that pressure. That's a really good idea. That helped a lot. 
it really helped a lot because I, I mean, I never, I've never flown in a box. I've never even seen a box. I've never seen a box marker. I've never heard people talk about box frequency. I've, you know, none of that stuff. It's all, all completely foreign. So when I'm thinking about actually doing it, it's pretty daunting when you don't know any of that stuff. And it, I can't imagine showing up and, you know, like I showed up uh, to that contest and like knew, I, I probably knew 90% of the people there. You know, there's people that show up to contests that don't know any, they don't know any of that stuff that I didn't know and they don't know anybody. Um, and I, I really did kind of uh, reflect and think on that um, and was, was, was surprised yeah. uh, at, at, you know, it takes a lot of guts to show up and, and, and do a first contest, not knowing anybody. It, it really does. So my hats are off to those people for sure. Hey, Rob, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that that's never flown in a box before um, and wants to compete, has a practice, you know, area that whether it's wavered or 91 through a three, um, what kind of advice would you give them to train to get ready to fly in a box and they don't have markers? Um, always fly in reference to something, um, you know, try to figure out your own dimensions on the ground of you know, basically what a box would be. You can use Google Earth to measure things out. Um, but always, always put a figure where you want to be. Don't just get in the habit of this figure comes after this figure comes after this figure. Then you're a mile away from where you started when you finish. Um, everything yeah. has to be referenced to some geographical location on the ground. And that's going to make it a lot easier first time in the box because you'll be used to looking around and putting things where you want it. Yeah, if you go to, just to touch on that, if you go to IAC52.org and their link section, uh, they have an aerobatic box plotter that works off of Google Earth. So anybody listening, um, go on that website and uh, check it out, isc52.org. And um, you can overlay it um, over your uh, mother-in-law's house if you don't like her. And you can start turning the prop up, making noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, anything else with Sportsman before we close that, Rob? Like anything, like when you were competing in Sportsman um, that you would have done differently or um, something that you can go back and tell your uh, past self to do um, or do train, spend more time on, you know, kind of where I'm going with that. Well, if I could go back to my first contest, I would have not forgotten figure two and done the rest of the sequence <laughs> the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the only time you zeroed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've zeroed other times. <laughs> no, I've zeroed other one other time. No, yeah. A few. I've had some doozies. Oh god! Yeah, what was your what was your? I mean, this is probably like this. This can make some you cry or or laugh. I'm afraid to ask, but like, um, what's your? You know where I'm going. Like, what what zero is most memorable? And I, you know, when we speak of zeros, what comes up? Uh, the two most memorable. Uh, my first nationals. I forget what flight it was. It might have been. Um, it was definitely one of the unknowns. I don't, I don't know if it was a team selection flight or what, but there was a loop with a, a half snap on top. And I hit that half snap so hard that it just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept it going and stopped at a one and a half, hoping nobody saw it. And everybody saw it. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, then, pretty uh, quick, that's pretty quick thinking, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, world worlds in 2017, the last unknown, it was a, um, it was a down P loop they had to push around with a oh, outside God. outside snap and a half on the top. And I ended That's up doing murder. a double outside snap. So wait, it was supposed to be an outside snap and a half and you did a double? I did a double, yeah. 
Well, there, and you knew right away, probably. I when I zeroed at nationals, not that it's anything in comparison to you, but I remember well, screaming was, my head off. <laughs> I did a double, and I'm, I'm I'm in that split second of questioning that I just do a double, but there's a four of eight following, and so I start the four of eight. I'm like, ah, oh. so then I had to do a half roll to get the right orientation and go on from there. Yeah, yeah, it sucks zeroing, but you move on. Yep, and that was like figure two or three, so I had to think about that for the rest of the sequence. Yeah, I've done oh. the. Uh, the uh, flight of sequence backwards. I did that my second sportsman um, competition, and this I had a safety pilot with me, and um, he's probably he's like the safety pilot, the boundary judge of safety pilots, you know, because he let it happen, didn't say anything, you know. I kept on flying, and we landed, and he's I'm like all fat, dumb, and happy because I didn't know at the time, you know, and um, he's like got this like you know it was, it was my mentor, my really close friend, and he's like not look of like disappointment, but he's like, you know, like we're having fun here, but I'm like, what's up, man. And he's like, forget about this figure. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. And then sure. Like I got like a 20 something percentile. It was like the second figure too. Couldn't have happened in like the oh. worst or spot. So the, <laughs> the whole figure was like, but he didn't say anything. And, um, you know, I got to applaud him for that. We haven't, we haven't spoken since, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we're no longer friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah zeroing is fun i love it i love zero <laughs> love zero oh, yeah great <laughs> love zeroing <laughs> oh my god i don't like zeros when there's one in front of them yeah exactly have you ever scored i mean yeah. have you ever scored what was your highest scoring flight um that you've ever received oh i don't know i'd have to go look back through them do you have like a most memorable flight where you're like that was the flight of my life you know, like when you just like, you don't care what the scores come out to be. You're like, I fucking crushed that. Uh, two of them. The, wow. awesome. the third, the third unknown at the last worlds. You took home gold, right? Yeah. And that was one of the few flights that when I was yeah. finishing, I was like, that felt pretty good. Nice. Um, I didn't, I didn't know it was a winning flight, but I knew it was like the best that I could have done at that time. And yeah. then in, um, in 13, when we still had a regular free, at the 13 world championships, the, my free was it. Everything just clicked. Yeah. Yep. I took a second in that one. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I had one flight in nationals where like, Oh, what was it? I think it was the second unknown or whatever. I didn't win it. Um, but like, it's just like you do it and you're like, I, I remember like leaving the box. I'm like, I don't even give a shit what these judges say. Like that was fun. And I think I, I think I did really well with it. Obviously, like it's it's all perspective from what the judges see. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird. Like sometimes, like it just flows, and and you're not like laughing and having fun, but it's just it's yeah. I guess you kind of say like you're a little bit ahead of the airplane, or you're 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 not behind it, and it and it's just everything's just flowing, and like you just don't even care like what what scores come out because like that's like you just you pretty much did what your potential was. So yeah, it was a pretty cool feeling. It only happened once. <laughs> still, still <laughs> whatever it was fun um <laughs> geez louise um let's see here so um yeah, you flew your you flew your first full unlimited sequence recently yeah we should get into that later when we close because i'm gonna start crying <laughs> if we do that now because that was like such like a, that a, well huh yeah i might just hang it up <laughs> the extras for sale <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, 
Now I wanted to like with that box talk, cause like I had that issue <clears throat> flying here at, and Rob, you can relate from where you used to practice near Boston. Like it's hard to find a good spot to practice that people aren't complaining about you and, and calling up the feds or oh, yeah. there's air. It's really difficult. And, um, you know, I struggled with that in the beginning phase of my career and, and finding a practice zone. And even it wasn't too far away where people can drive, drive to watch. And we didn't have GoPros, unfortunately, back then. But now with the GoPros and everything like that, um, like what's what do you use for your setup and how much of of the recording footage of what it is the helps you and that you would recommend other people doing? I mean, I absolutely love these 360 cams now. I get, I, every time I practice, I set one up in the cockpit because you can look in every direction and see what you're doing. You know, you can go through a figure and, and look and see what your inputs are. You can look out over the nose and see if you're over or under. You can look at the, you know, you can reference everything to really analyze what you're doing right or you're doing wrong. So, yeah, I, I love the 360 cams. They're what's such, the, such a good learning tool. What's the biggest thing that, um, what mistakes do you find yourself making um, most more the most frequent um, that you pick up on the uh, cams? Um, a lot of it is thinking you're doing something in the cockpit and you're not, which I think is a lot of people do that. Like you, you swear that, uh, I don't know, you're doing a right flick and you're pulling the stick this far back and you're loading it this far and you put the ailerons to this position and then you watch yourself and you didn't do it that way at all. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be pretty eye opening to actually watch yourself and what you think you're doing compared to what you're actually doing. Yeah. Which yeah, uh, that happened to me. Remember, we, we were looking at snap rolls, and you were like, "I bet you're, I bet you're relaxing rudder in the snap." And I was like, "There's, there's just no way. There's absolutely no way." And sure is, sure enough, yep. that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the two most common things with snaps is people take their foot out, um, either early or right at the beginning. So, you know, <laughs> it's just rolling around, not snapping around. And then when they try to stop it, they try to stop it. They aileron, not their foot, and they end up bobbling the, uh, the end of the snap. Everyone swears, no, I just put the stick yeah. in the middle. And then you watch the video and nope, it went always to the other side and then back to the middle. More, you said, that's <laughs> a lie. <laughs> yeah. The results determined that that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, the best thing is have someone watching you. The second best thing is have a camera in the cockpit. And then the, the absolute best is to have both. Because so, you can have someone critiquing you on the ground and then you can sit and watch the video afterwards with them and kind of compare their notes to what you were actually doing. Okay, cool. Could you use what's the name of the camera that you you don't use a GoPro? It's a it's a 360 cam that I kind of want to get actually. It's it's oh, like it's, of a, it's Insta 360. Yeah, because the SC. Um, I tried asking AJ, but he just sent me inappropriate pictures back when I tried to ask him a serious question. Um, <laughs> where he mounts it on his SC because the SC cockpit, there's not a lot of places where other the pilot's head or just the shape of the canopy from where you can attach these things. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. so the Insta360, they have like a, they have one that's like GoPro size. That's like the big, um, high end camera. But then, then they have these little ones that are called uh 360 go and they're tiny little things. And they got these little, um, sticky mounts that you can peel off and keep reapplying in different places. Yeah. And they're super small and you can put them anywhere. So you can just like put them on the side of the canopy facing forward. So you can kind of see outside and you can see in the cockpit, they're pretty wide angle. You can mod nice. them at any angle. Yeah, they're really cool. They're great for great for that stuff. Yeah, I'm going to try that actually. Um, do you still use the uh, the camera on your helmet, like uh, facing forward? 
session? Uh, sometimes. And I, I use one of those for that because it's really small and it's, they don't weigh anything. So I don't have that weight hanging off the front of my helmet. Yeah. No, totally. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah. So we answered the box questions. Wow. I feel like so I feel like I did my homework for school, which was a rarity. I'll add I'll add some uh, comment on the Insta360. I had one and I got rid of it because um, I was kind of in the GoPro ecosystem. But then they got rid of their desktop app. And the I will say the Insta360, the interface with the, the mobile app is so much better than GoPro. I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get another Insta360 because the cameras are really, really good. I just had a bunch of GoPro stuff. I had, you know, lenses and accessories and, and was going to try to stick with one one camera. But um, I like the Insta360 a lot, especially how it interfaces with the app. And it takes it a really SD well. card? Yeah. Yeah. Micro yeah. SD. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, I mean, if I can use it, it's got to be easy to use. So uh, I find it, I find it pretty simple. And your video, like, well, and I'll, I'll add too. Yeah, your videos are like, dude, they've been awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I love the, it. The, the camera and the watch. software makes it easy. I mean, it's. I'm definitely. What do you not use the edit? Genius. I just use their their software. No shit. I mean, if it's if I'm it if I'm doing like multiple shots in a screen, like a. You know, the main videos like it from the outside, but I'm trying to show the inside and like a box up to the left. I'll I'll edit the videos on their software, then I'll put it in Final Cut Pro to, to merge the two together. Yeah. You know the videos yeah. I like the best, or um you do this and a couple other people do it, is when they like put the, the actual figure in the right hand corner or something. So you kinda like follow along um mm-hmm. what the pilot's doing because it really like because a lot of times with like advanced or unlimited, mostly unlimited, you know, it's there's so many the thing is like throw it's like a rusty throw up. There's so many things on the uh on the figure that like it's hard to like but if you can anticipate what's coming next, you kinda of really look at it and, and kinda of, you know, just expect it and, and enjoy it a little bit more instead of trying to like, like what just happened? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um yeah, those videos are great when you can watch the outside and watch the inside at the same time. Yeah. So you, you touched on coaching a little bit, and this is something that I think the um I don't want to, what's the right word? Like the aerobatic community, um, we need to fix. Um, Nobody's at fault, but I think we can do a better job is making like a portal to get in touch with coaches. Um, Because like there's, you can get in touch with them and, you know, power seven degrees, you'll get in touch with somebody. But um, if there's like a sportsman guy or intermediate guy that, you know, regional level that just wants to hone a skill and, and maybe, you know, see what it's like getting coaching. Um, it's it's kind of like a pain in the butt to try to find a coach. Um, what what would you recommend right now is the best way to find a coach? Um, this promise is really not a lot of them, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's a big difference between a coach and a critiquer, and there's a lot of value in a critiquer. So I'm not trying to diminish that, but um, at, at the minimum, you should just try to find someone who like a judge there's lots of judges out there if you can find someone who knows what they're looking at they can tell you if it's a one or a ten right that that's going to go a long way and if you can have a set of eyeballs on you when you fly it's actually going to be a lot cheaper in the long run because you're going to get to where you need to go faster because you're not trying to figure it out on your own you got someone telling you if the loop is round or the lines are straight or or whatever yeah so yeah it's, it's just networking you know i mean start within your local chapter you know who are judges who's willing to take a ride out in this day and, and watch you, you know, and, and vice versa, find somebody you can work with, you know, so they can go flying and you watch them and then 
you fly and they watch you so you can work with somebody and they get out of it get something out of it also yeah but when do you when do you think it's the right time uh because you mentioned regionals and and you know looking up with the judge which is i agree um not that uh my elementary opinion matters but um when do you think it's the right time for somebody to start reaching out to um like a sergey or a nick or you know morrissey or coco I mean, obviously, these guys are in super high demand, and um, oh, right away, primary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, part of me would much rather work with a, a new guy than an unlimited guy, because a new guy, you're not trying to break bad habits. You can mold them right away, and and build good habits from the beginning, and build in the fundamentals, and teach them the right way, and they're going to carry that through, you know, all of their flying. Um, so how I'll, did you? I'll, 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 I'll I'll talk about him because he's a friend and he'll know. But like when I started working with AJ, I was just about to ask you like where did you start yeah. with AJ? <laughs> I mean, and he'll tell you if you, he'll tell you the same thing if you have the conversation with him. But it was a long time of just trying to break bad habits, and he worked his butt off to try to you know break them. But muscle memory is muscle memory. It's it's hard to do. You know, once you start doing something the wrong way, super hard that to break way for three or four years. It's hard to change that. But if you can start from square one, learning the right proper way of doing things right away you'll carry that through that's one of the reasons why the french is so good you know everything over there is so structured and from day one they have someone watching them and coaching them you know every time they fly there's somebody watching from the ground yeah. so they learn from their first flight forward the right way to do everything and they carry that through they're not beating their brains out trying to figure it out on their own i heard that those planes do not fly unless somebody's watching it like the club Probably, planes. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what the guy yeah, that's, that. That, that's my experience over there yeah and they, Plus they all eat McDonald's. That's all they eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! I got to get a sound bite of the McDonald's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get pulled off pulled off the internet. Yeah. Well, if you think oh. about it over here, like, I mean, how many people right off the bat teach positioning? Right, nobody who teaches just you know don't work on the figure, work on portions of the figure. Not many. Who thinks who teaches wind correction? You know, people get it unlimited. They don't know how to do wind correction. Right. This is all stuff you should be learning from day one, and it should just be a natural part of you flying. But we don't learn it here, and it just it's a handicap on all of us. Whether you want to go to the worlds or not, it's just better to know this stuff because you're gonna you're gonna be a better pilot, and you're gonna fly the sequence better. Did you ever? I you know I emailed yeah. uh, the notes and everything for the show, and and one of the things I wanted to ask was if you ever thought about um, kind of doing what. What was the guy's name in France who did the the aerobatic uh, training videos? He did a, a great job on it too. Um, he did it in oh, an extra um, two hundred. Yeah. Did you ever think about maybe doing something along those lines, whether it's for freestyle flying or arresty flying? You know, obviously you can't teach somebody how to fly advanced and unlimited over a computer or even intermediate, but um, just trying to, you know, give a little bit of momentum or a good foundation to to the beginning phases of aerobatic pilots to, to learn, um, you know, via zoom or, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about it. The problem is just, I mean, it's time and money and, and production costs and all that. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do it. I wouldn't mind partnering with someone to, to make that happen, but you got to find the time you get to the place and you know, you don't make all that stuff overnight. It's, it's a process. Do you think that with like the yeah. GoPros and all these videos and everything that that's kind of like, where things might be headed for maybe not necessarily like a Coco or, or Sergey who, you know, they're, in, they're so valuable to, they're more valuable to be in person, but maybe for like a 
triple a baseball type coach in aerobatics to have like some type of business online where like you send them a GoPro that he tells you where to attach and you know each flight he critiques he gets like 10 bucks or some bullshit yeah I mean there's value in all that I mean if if anything to make it better right anything to improve someone's skills and, and and make have them make less mistakes is obviously a value um yeah and you know, depending upon where you are and what your circumstances are, you can only do what you can do. So yeah. if that's all you can do and you can find someone to do that for you, that's great. Jim Burke was doing something like that where he was just like critiquing videos for a while. I thought that was cool. I thought it was valuable. I thought it was you awesome. Some stuff I really, really like those. Yeah, bring yeah, that back, I really JB. enjoyed those. He needs to do that. You got to bug him. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was yeah. awesome. Those were great. I was thinking about, and this is just a fleeting thought, and so hopefully I don't get a thousand emails after this podcast, but... <laughs> um, for lack of a better term, starting a team where it'd be by invitation only, but find like three sportsman guys, three intermediate guys, three advanced guys and say, we're going to have four camps a year. I'll be the coach. You have to show up. This is the price and just teach them the right way and then bring them to, to nationals to see how it goes. And obviously that's like a cool stars of tomorrow remix. Kinda, and you know, Almost the, in, the in a way, you know, it's like the next year, everyone would, would have to move up every year, try to do it properly. But the main goal of it was these people would kind of eventually go out into the ecosystem, right? And they're helping people and critiquing people, and just trying to get proper techniques and proper learning and proper fundamentals out what there. If, I mean, that's you, Rob you, Holland you, at gmail dot com. Again, it's it's all time. And those emails. Yeah. People are falling for divorce. They're leaving their families right now. They're ready to go, Rob. (laughs) You Uh, can hear the suitcases packing as we speak. (laughs) Zip, zip, zip. (laughs) It'd be pretty fun to see how that's a great idea. What about oh I love that idea. You know what love that idea. The other thing too is like you have some people like I'm a nut job and you know I'm a big believer in foundation and and just taking the right steps for as best as I can. What if you like if anybody um try not to like sound like um obsessed with you here um but basically if you had like the rob holland aerobatic uh, coaching slash critiquing slash whatever university and if you wanted to like you know get a degree from there you know and you pass them right at least that can like you know this so like i would go there right I'm, and i get my degree from your your aerobatic critiquing university and then I can go back to the Northeast, advertise myself as like, hey, like, you know, I went to, I have, I mean, it's going to sound stupid now, but word it however you want. But like, I have this degree, you know, I'm competent, you know, I've been passed, you know, Rob, Rob gave me his blessing and um, I'm ready to start working with anybody. Here's my rate. Do you think that that's something that would work, you know, as far as instead of just somebody being like, oh, I've been flying airbags for 20 years. It's like, well, who, where'd you learn from? And like, how do I know you're good? Maybe I'm, I'm not sure. Probably. Just well, picture myself. Rob Holland's school school of aerobatic coaching. Well, well and like, uh, yeah, Jeff, <laughs> think, think about think about your flag. So in, in the past few years, I mean, you've worked with me. Um, you've gone out to where is it, Kansas, whatnot. Worked with Morrissey's and whatnot. You know the knowledge that you learned from that, like wind correcting and positioning and all that stuff, which isn't. It's when you break it down, it's not super complicated stuff. It's actually pretty simple. Right. If you were taught that when you were first learning aerobatics. Oh God. You know, where would you be right now? I would pay to go back in the future <laughs> and I would, and I would still save money. Yeah. Why, why do we not teach that stuff from the start? Yeah. 
I mean, it's not it's not it's it's not something that's conceptually taught. I'll tell it really you, isn't. like, you know, you why? never hear about that until the higher levels. You know why? It's because Ever. most people don't know how to teach it. I, that's probably why. That's probably, that's, that's yeah. probably true. But you there's, know, there's no real structure to aerobatic education over here. I graduated. You know, I mean, magna, no. cum, la- magna cum laude from uh, RH or Acker University. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's actually not a bad idea. You get a certif- you, you can go around with a you know Rob Holland School of Aerobatics certification to coach certain you know categories. Dude, that I mean that would carry some weight, and then you actually have a standard. Yeah, because there's no standard. Just there's no standard now. Send your applications to Dean Pollard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will fit all this into all my spare time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're not you're not doing enough already. But whether it's yeah. like whether it's like you or um, you know Patrick Paris or whomever who has this like, I wouldn't even accept an online course. I think you got to be in person. You know, take like a field trip to whatever airport and and watch some real flying in person. You know, you know I I would um. I'd be hard pressed to, to not buy into that and, you know, and hire somebody who's, who's been trained by, by the best. I mean, instead of just taking somebody's word for it, like that's what happened to me. And, you know, I won't mention names, but, um, it, my flying got fucked up for a little bit, um, while ago. And it was just, you know, it's just, I won't say waste of time, but like, you know, it's time I can't get back and I would have done it differently if I, if I had known better. Um, but I don't know. I I think it's a cool idea. We'll see what the, uh, the dozens of listeners say to us. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they're gonna start photoshopping you in like a uh, what do you call it? A cap and gown. <laughs> <laughs> this this universe will be at uh, Union City, where the the home base of the Unlimited team is. Yeah. Justin will be yep. uh, president. <laughs> yeah. How amazing would it be to see? To see Rob on an infomercial at 2 a.m. Hey, Rob Holland here. You know, and it's just like <laughs> totally his his school of uh, aerobatic coaching. And and, and yeah, yeah, just selling slots. Have you been wasting time pulling verticals? Well, come on down to here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pitching the top of uh, radiuses? Well, come see my school immediately. Yeah. Don't be this guy. And it's just a, like shot, it. it's a shot of AJ from like 10 years ago. Don't be this guy. <laughs> <laughs> i love you age i love you um cool i think we got to run with that idea rob maybe uh if you have a dude that's a good idea i like it <laughs> you should quit all the fun stuff we've, we've listed like 15 <laughs> ideas which one <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do we're just procrastinators we never follow through <laughs> Let's face yep. it. <laughs> you have to quit all the fun stuff quit everything you like doing and then just start really grinding hard on on making a school yeah I love how Rob has like 15 minutes of free time back home right now. We're like, nope, don't, don't even think about sitting on that couch. <laughs> free time. Free time. Yeah. Yeah. Lazy. <laughs> Too God. Funny. Too funny. Um, wow. This is so much easier when we write down our notes, Mark, from instead of being like, oh, I like it. It's, you know, it's flowy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we covered the coaching. Let's, let's, uh, we're about an hour in. You I know what? Co- yeah. Can we actually um can we stay on coaching a little bit and yeah. talk about the coaching dynamic with um camps and how sure. that's been going? Because I feel like what a I feel like as a as a um an outsider looking in, this year's unlimited team seems to be a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more um 
active participation. And I, I might be totally wrong, uh, but it just, and maybe it's just more on social media, but it seems like you guys are doing a lot of camps and really working hard um, uh, for WAC. Can you, yeah, you, know, uh, can we, you talk a little we, bit about that? Yeah, we've had, um, we've had three team camps so far. Um, Coco's come over to coach them, which he's just, he's the best to work with hands down. Um, it's gone great. Yeah. The, um, pretty much the whole team has showed up. Um, we've had, they've been like seven day camps, so it's kind of a long stretch to be doing that stuff, but we've gotten a lot out of it and we've got some pretty good, uh, free knowns going into this championship. And then we can talk about worlds coming up a little bit later, but we have a camp planned over there at the, the week and a half before the actual championships with Coco too. So. It's going to be good. And then I'm going to get together with AJ and a few of the other guys a couple times between now and then. And, you know, we'll just kind of coach ourselves just to keep the flying going. So the billion dollar question is, um, are you flying a 152 Aerobat over there or do you have an MX2 ready to go? Or MX2? Satabria. 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 150 North. Yeah. Yeah. An ECA. Yeah. No inverted system. Yeah, the French are listening right now, and they're like, "What is Satabria? What is that new monoplane?" <laughs> Google that. Stop making fries. Come over here. <laughs> Put down the Big Mac. There's um, Francois Mamistov. Get over here. <laughs> so Alice Johnson's our team uh, manager, and she's just absolutely shout awesome. out, and, shout out to yeah. Alice, and she is she, honestly the best. She's unbelievable the amount of work and, and stuff she does for us, but she's been on the case, um, working with um, talking with insurance companies, talking to European underwriters, trying to make stuff happen. And um, I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen, but there's a there's there's a good chance that um, insurance might be available. But then mm-hmm. the other hurdle is is shipping, um, people sending it by boat. Because yeah, you're down to the wire. Yeah, there is a chance to ship by boat, but it's got to be like figured out in the next week or so. Um, so some people are thinking about that, um, but the prices of everything has just gone through the roof. Like is it I, double? I, I, at least, yeah. So I have to. Ooh. I say have to, but I kind of do. I have to. <laughs> I have to air freight mine just because of air show schedules and stuff. It's actually it'd be more expensive for me to put it on a boat than to put it on the airlines because I would miss so many air shows and so much income. It'll be at a sure. Oh my god! So, um, but that price is. Well, how does that work? Because you, you you would have gotten probably a a Russian Antonov before. No, I would imagine uh, cargo lock. So it goes on a seven forty seven. Oh, seven forty seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you mind talking like what? I'm sure people. I got to be honest. People right now are like, how much? How much? Like, how much? (sighs) Trying to be polite here, but is it? Is it just you cry at night? (laughs) 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 or is it something you get over quick (laughs) Uh, i'll tell you what i'll I'll text you the number right now (laughs) okay hold on you texted it's downloading (laughs) (laughs) okay so if anybody is uh is an idiot you don't deserve to know what that means at this point (laughs) um well i tell you what speaking of idiots can you tell us a little bit about what a team manager does and what she does I actually don't know. I, I'm very curious um, how wh- what kind of logistics go into organizing and running and managing the unlimited team. She does everything. I mean, she's taking care of the paperwork. She's taking care of entry fees. She shows up mm-hmm. at all the um, all the camps, and she makes sure that 
you know, our schedule's down and the box is open and closed and um, she brings Steve with him. Steve videos all of our flights and he's he's been awesome with that, which is incredibly valuable when you have that footage. Um, she makes sure, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but she makes sure we're like actually fed and have water and just all the basics. You know, she's there to kind of make sure that our job is to fly the airplane. That's what we can put 100% of our concentration on and she takes care of everything else. And she, she works her she's butt awesome. off. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. Wow, that's awesome. One of the things that I was Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. And what's what's kind of cool is like like team manager is it's a position on the team. If you're the team manager, you are a team member. So much so that if you um if you're at the championships and the team medals, the manager actually gets a medal because they're part of the team. So totally. that, that's kind of I cool. agree with that. Well deserved. Yeah. yeah, that's well deserved. Yeah. I mean she must take so much you know, because it's an understatement, but like you need to focus, right? She must take so much off the plate of you guys. Like it's just so invaluable. Oh, yeah. You know, it's incredible. Yep. Um, damn, I was going to ask you a question. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. Um, can Is there any gear maybe in the future that uh, people can purchase uh, like uh, unlimited team T-shirts or, or anything like that? Um, like apparel wise, maybe uh, I know COVID's kind of fucked everything up with, with getting merchandise and stuff. No, you know, I don't think, I don't know if we ever had apparel that we sold in the past. It's a good idea. I and mean, we've always bought stuff for the team, obviously, for uniforms and whatnot. But, you know, Mark does the uh, that Shopify pro- stuff. Mark, you yeah. should talk to Rob about doing that because you don't have to put any, they don't, the team wouldn't have to put any money down and just it prints on demand. Yeah. Yeah. That you don't have to hold any inventory or anything like that. Problem is, is that they take a huge cut. And I'd love to see more of a cut go to the IAC and to the team. Yeah. Than- I mean, you know, and something's the, the, better than nothing. I yeah. use print. That is true, and I I would absolutely buy a shirt to support the team. Oh, 100%. that's that's. I think, I think a lot of I people wanted to uh, ask you. I'm sorry, dude. Um, no, the um with the unlimited team training camps. Um, I was just thinking about like uh, trying to support the team and stuff like that, and like me personally, I'm sure Mark, you would agree. Um, I would pay to go. Obviously, we're not. We couldn't show up for seven days because would be a total distraction. But if there was like one or two days that you would make open to the public where we can like make a donation or, you know, call it a ticket price per person to be able to go there. And like, you know, you guys would just, you guys would do your normal shit, but we would kind of sit on it, sit on it. Maybe you give like a little presentation or something like that, but we get to watch the unlimited team fly for, for a day or two. Is that something that you think um, could be done maybe for future teams? Cause I would, I would fly out to Tennessee for, for a day or two with Mark and, and go watch some unlimited flying. I think you'd have to be really careful. how you structured it. Um, the air shows type well, stuff. Well, no, just from the point of view that, you know, we're, we're there to, to work, you know, right. like really work. Yeah. It would be a bad distraction. A bunch of people there. It's a bunch of distraction and, and just natural. Like even if people show up, they know that they're just there to observe. I mean, just our yeah. tendencies, you know, we're going to want to chat and talk to them and You're right. show them stuff. And it, it, it kind of, Sounds bad. I, mean, I don't want to discourage people from going. No, right. It kind of takes away from what we're trying to do. Yeah, maybe they can like live feed it then, and and if anybody doesn't give a donation that watches the live feed, Mark and I will publicly shame them. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, Steve does an incredible oh, yeah. job with the dude, Mark. Like Steve Johnson, what he does for the team, like sitting in that, sitting in the chair and videotape. And I did it for like one or two flights, and I wanted to put needles in my eyes. It's, it's hard. It's fucking hard. 
and he does yeah. it every day, each flight. And um, he's like, it's just an incredible that he does it. And and the footage that you guys get back is it's it's, it's so valuable. I mean, the first thing you do when the flight's over is you sit down, and you watch that footage with the cocoa over your shoulder, critiquing it. So. Yeah. You can hear his comments on the video. You can see exactly what happened. He can talk to you real time about what you did and how you can do it better. Yeah, it's it's it, it's awesome that he's out there doing that. Is there one thing with Coco that like if you um can that comes to head to your head right away that that he fixed um specifically or that he likes to teach specifically? Like not like for instance, like if you said presentation, I'd be like, that's way too general of an answer. Is there a certain figure that he does with people different like is there just something that is really unique that he does that nobody else does i mean you don't want to hear it but it's it's presentation and not yeah. treating not treating as a bunch of figures but treating the whole sequence as one big figure that needs to be in a spot right and presented a certain way gotcha um is you know the biggest like i opened it to me i, like I remember back too? in um yeah um trying to figure out how to explain this without like having pictures or hand gestures or <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, let's put it this way. So it, I remember in 2004, the world championships was for the advanced team was in Sweden and um, you know, everyone made their little marks on the ground to make the a box to like walk the sequence in and the French, they had white spray paint and this patch of white grass. They spray painted this box and like all the landmarks and everything, the reference. And at the end of the um, championship, there was all this green grass. There was the white markers. And then there was a strip of completely dead grass, right? Like halfway to the front of the box, never going too close to the sides of where everything was for presentation. It's like, and that's the only place they were allowed to walk because that's the only place they were allowed to put figures. And when oh, they wow. went in the box, that's where they put Oh, figures. wow. Yeah, it really kind of drove the point home of like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's way he more to this than just is that, drawing a loop. you got to draw a loop in the right a, spot. Is that a common theme with aerobatics in Europe in general is that presentation is more highly uh, focused on than in the U.S.? It just in a, in a general – obviously, you know, putting a figure where the judges want to see it and where it looks the best – here is important, but it doesn't seem like presentation is talked about. You really hear, really hear that buzzword of presentation here. Well, to them, it's just, it's part of the figure, right? Like here we, we learn, this is how you fly a loop, right? You pull harder here, you float here, you pull harder here, try to come out the same altitude, right? There they're taught, this is how you fly a loop, but this is where you fly it. Because if you fly it over here, it's not going to look good. If you fly it over here, it's not going to look good. If you fly it too close, it's not going to, you know, you can't tell what's going on. So they're not just taught how to fly it. They're told where to fly it. And then on a hammerhead, this should be flown here or this figure should be flown. So right away, it, there's just more knowledge going into each figure to bring with you. So just naturally, when you do a loop, okay, it should be right in the center of the box, just this side of center, right? That's where you put it. It shouldn't be a little bit to the right. It shouldn't be a little bit to the back. It, this is where it's supposed to be. So you put it there every single time. That's freaking awesome. That's yep. hard Makes sense. So it's not that there's less emphasis on the structure of the figure. It's just this equal emphasis on where do you put it? Yeah. What made, um, what made Coco, um, take on the task of not what made him, but you know, uh, being a, being a French world champion and from France and then coming and being the coach of the, uh, the U S unlimited team, 
what was obviously his goals to win the world championship, but um, like what made him kind of want to come over here and, and take this, this job on and, and coach us. Cause um, it's, it's obviously no small undertaking. Um, so anything in, he said at the world championships in 2013 at the closing ceremonies, um, us came in second overall. So we're on the podium. The French team are in the first place spot. We're in the second place spot. I'm kind of in the back as tall guys are always in the back. And uh, Coco leaned over to me and he handed me his business card and he just says, I want to coach you. And I didn't think much of it. I thought, oh, it's a French tactic. He's just trying to get in my head, blah, 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 blah. But I took his card. Oh my God, it's that bad over there? I mean, not that, but it's like there's head games like that over there? Uh, so I thought. <laughs> Maybe there is. But I was, I mean, I, I, I took it as a compliment too. They wanted to coach me. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, this was the legendary Coco. So then, yeah. um, then the next year, um, I base I heard through the grapevine that he wasn't the French coach anymore, um, for whatever pol- political reasons over there. So once we had a team selected, just on a whim, I still had his business card, so I emailed him. I said, um, "You said you wanted to work with me. Would you be willing to work with the whole team?" And he yeah. just emailed back, just a simple yes. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I emailed him back again. I said, what's your motivation to work with us? And he just wrote back to win. So I wrote him back. You're hired. (laughs) 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 That's freaking awesome. It seems like you guys mesh well though. Like every, not just you and him, but like the team. Yeah, he's great. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a language barrier. He speaks pretty good English. Um, but there's, there's words that he uses that you have to figure out what he means by those words. So once you've actually worked <laughs> with them once or twice, pick up on it. It's, it's pretty easy, but you know, your first few flights work with him. You're like, I don't know what he's saying. What he wants me to do. Do you find yourself talking in broken English after a while? Cause that happens to me with some, with sometimes like, I was working with like Nikolai cause you know, he's broken English. So then you end up talking like that and then you're like, wait, I know how to speak. No, I, I, just, I just find myself talking slower. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, I, I I wish I knew French. I mean, there's probably so much more I could learn if I spoke his actual language. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty smart guy. Is there ever, I'm not uh, trying to be coy here um, or funny. Um, is there ever going to be an opportunity for somebody to be the assistant um, coach of the U S team? I'm not Matt Cause I know Allison and what the manager does, which is incredible, but you know, is there going to be an assistant coach that will kind of like, you know, um, not an errand boy or girl uh, for Coco, but, you know, just somebody to help him help out while he's here and, and maybe give that somewhat knowledgeable, like, you know what I'm getting at, right? No. Okay. <laughs> 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 I have no idea what you're getting at. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like an assistant coach, you know, the guy who holds the clipboard. Pretty much, <laughs> assistant to I, the assistant coach. I, yeah, the I don't know if there's really. Manager. I don't know if there's a need, but I, I don't know. Obviously, we wouldn't be paid. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be yeah, there. What's the salary range here? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between zero um, and zero. You know, one of the cool. I, I'm just looking at the notes here. One of the cool things that I think you did um, at one of the worlds. I don't know how well it worked or not. Was um, as far as like team support and everything as you put ever supported they got to uh, put your name on their name on your airplane um mm-hmm. is that going to happen again this year because i know everything is in limo with whether your airplane is going or not but 
if you get a hundred percent confirmation, uh, will you, you know, open up that opportunity for, for people to do? I might, I mean, we're kind of running out of time, but, um, we'll see. It's, yeah. I'd, I'd say right now it's, uh, it's probably a 75, 25% chance, 25% that I'll be able to get my airplane over there. I, I just, I mean, at this point, even if I get the insurance, I don't know if I can raise the money to get there. Cause it's, I texted you the number. It's, it's kind of outrageous. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's actually one uh, semester at Rob Holland University for aerodynamic yeah. kickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh so God. chances are I'll probably end up flying um, odds airplane. Okay. Um, how different does that airplane fly than yours? It's a, well, I mean, one's a really good airplane. I, I was pretty impressed yeah. with it when I flew it, but it's, it's set up the way, you know, I went up there and I, I helped her set it up, but I set it up the way she wanted it to fly. Right. So how I like ailerons of feel and how she likes ailerons of feel aren't necessarily the same thing. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's different. I'll bring a whole bunch of P tape with me, um, uh, that I can yeah. just put on when I fly and peel off when she flies. And that should help a little bit. Yeah. But if I can get, you know, I've, she's been amazing and incredibly generous. She um, seems like an awesome person. She's, she's fantastic. Can't say enough good things about her, but um, yeah. it, it looks like the way the French camps are structured and where, you know, our practice time is going to be. Um, I, I might be able to get a week and a half in the airplane just by myself without anybody, without her there or the French there or anything else. Yeah. So I might be able, I might be able to get some good time in it and get used to it and get ready for the, uh, but even with that, you know, it's like it's like running a race in somebody else's shoes. It just doesn't quite feel yeah, right. At that yeah. at that level, it's yeah, it's it's hard. Um, do you notice any difference? Um, we won't get into it too uh, deep, uh, just because I've spoken to you about this off the record. But um, uh, with the propeller, um, oh yeah, is it is it like as obviously like you know speed or thrust this and that, but. As far as flying, you know, um, any gyroscopic figures, even, you know, even your four minute free with a different prop, that's got to be like. It- Gyroscopics, I mean, the, the props are pretty similar in weight. So th- there's not that much of a difference there. Um, but just probably more for the classical stuff than the um, the four minute free stuff. It's just the yeah. the excess thrust that's available. Like when you cap off on top of a line, um, I mean, I can top off with almost no airspeed and it just accelerates right out of it. And the MT on hers, it's a good prop, but it, it doesn't behave the same way. So yeah. it's just a couple little muscle memory things. I'll, I will have to relearn for her airplane. Is, did she ever prop is on hers? Is it a dash 25? I, I don't know. It's the big it's MT. Square, square tip. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same as, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't well, know what, enough about the, the only thing I know about the MT is that it's not a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> so god i agree with that i agree i agree um oh gosh i i saw i saw the don um we talked about it last episode but he was talking to me about the hard soul and showing me some stuff Uh and man that's like mad science what they do over there at that facility yeah gosh i'm really uh i can't afford it so it's not like i want to go buy it but um when I hopefully one day I can, I will uh, definitely be getting either a hard solar or a whirlwind. I have I've never flown behind a whirlwind. It's good. I mean, what I I mean, I've, I'm biased because I've flown behind them forever, and and I mean they're a sponsor too. They've really helped support me. But what I like about it is that like I 
with that big prop, I lost a little bit in top end speed, which I don't really care about. But um, just the acceleration is incredible, and the deceleration. Like when you pull a power back, you stop, and then when you push the throttle forward, you get it all that's back really like nice. right now. Yeah, and um, yeah. the Talon. I mean, that's a really really good prop. Um, I haven't talked to Mike much about it i know kevin has it on his airplane he really likes it chris combs has it on his airplane he likes it but the only thing he doesn't like about it is he said it has like no braking um, you pull a power back it just keeps mm. sailing forward so i don't know if that's just the way his setup and the stops if that's how they all are but that might be something to take into consideration and something to research yeah oh, totally is there anybody like um you know that can be contacted any of our listeners if they're interested in a whirlwind um Go to their website, I guess, or, or call the uh, facility. Yeah, just give him a call. Uh, Jim Rust is the guy that owns the company. He's fantastic. Really knowledgeable guy. Yeah. And, uh, and do you have it just a, came out, you, it just came out with a new hub design, and I'm actually testing it on my two-seater right now, and it's nine pounds lighter. Holy which is shit. a lot of weight. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of weight to take off the nose. Jeez. How did that yep. affect the uh, How did they do that? landing characteristics? Jeez. Uh, well, I mean... On the MX2, it's fine. I mean, the CG is still plenty within yeah. range. I haven't tried it on the um, single seater yet, but it's it's pretty nice. Would you say they see and see their own hub now, and it's it's really really cool. Yeah, I was just curious how they how they got the weight down. So it's, is it like a um, well, it wouldn't be one piece, but um, just CNC'd versus what? I guess I you know what versus that, forged. That I don't is, even know way beyond my pay grade i just like i <laughs> we actually weighed the prop at um in tennessee and compared the two we put the current prop i had on the scale then we put the new prop on the scale and it was a nine pound difference wow oh my god yeah. and is it the same like uh shape though as far as the blades go it's the exact same blades um the blades are slightly different on like where they go into the hub because they connect different and, and the hub is different but the blades from the hub out are exactly the same. Gotcha. And your your prop that you run on your MX, well, obviously not the one you're testing. The uh, the prop on your MXS, um, that's a prop that any anybody with the right motor can go get, right? It's not you don't. It's is it a custom shape or anything like that? That that can't no, be. No, it's just a, it's just a stock prop. It's a, that's awesome. It was a world. It's a four hundred C or something. Four hundred AC. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about whirlwind. I got it. Yep. Dude, the MTs are, I, I hate this. They, they suck. They spit great. It's just so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying, man. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's just nice to know that uh, MT. there's grease in the hub, you know? Minimal yeah. thrust. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's true. Minimal thrust. <laughs> it's true. Oh, God. And, and a lot of cleaning. Grease yep. is a pain in the ass yeah. to get off. Oh, God. Real problems, <laughs> right? Real world problems. Exactly. My, my prop yeah. is greasy. Um, the, uh, the acquisition cost is great, but when you've got to overhaul it every 300 hours, it's not so great. Well, you know what? A new whirlwind is about the same price as a new MT. I mean, it's, it's, that's what I heard. It's 15 K plus a little bit. It's like 15, five or something. And what's the, uh, uh, we got it. You know what? We should probably get, uh, what's his name? Jim Kirk rust, Jim rust. We should get him on the podcast to explain the, uh, you know, just, the different types of props he offers. He'd be, um, be awesome. He's he's a pretty interesting guy. I mean, yeah. he's, um, he's racing at Reno, and they built this uh, glass here with a gazillion horsepower. And I mean, he he does a lot of cool stuff. He'd be a real fun guy to talk to. Do you have any interest in racing at Reno? By the way, I just 
Um, not really. I think it'd be kind of cool, but I just my I'm already just doing too much stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of things I'm interested. In. I just don't have time because I don't. You know, if I do it, I want to do it right. You know, I want to go all in, and I just I wouldn't have the time to go all in for something like that. Yeah. So what do you I'd have, have to? I'd have to stop something else. What are you doing now, as far as um, because I'm I'm finding out, you know, playing around and not really playing around, just struggling on a limiter right now. How important um, exercise and nutrition are. Um, what's your regimen like? What do you what do you do to um to exercise or or keep active and and what specifically do you do as far as like what you eat? Because it's got to be a, somewhat difficult for you because you're you're flying a bunch of shows across the country. So like you know every every state for the most part has a different, you know, favorite food item. Um, so what do you try to do? Uh, well, first I just fly a lot. And I think that's 90% of it. Yeah, like the exactly. more time you can have in the cockpit, you know, putting the G's on yourself, putting the negative G's on yourself. So you're used to them. I mean that there's no price you can put on that. Um, I go to the gym three times a week. Um, you know, I, I don't go crazy, but I lift. Um, I try to walk every day. Um, I sometimes eat right, sometimes don't, you know, for the past, I don't know, the past half year, I've been trying to just completely try to knock sugar out of the diet. Um, but you know, I still love a steak. I'm a pretty picky eater, so I don't have a huge palate of what I actually eat, but, um, you know, I try to eat some fruit and vegetables. What do you typically eat? Steak, (laughs) grapes, potatoes, watermelon, celery. Um. He eats 330 SCs. That's what he eats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of eat like a 12 year old. So, Oh my God. That's funny. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a meme. Um, but so like back to these camps and basically putting yourself there right now. Um, we kind of see on the internet, you know, you guys fly Then there's some, you know, classroom talk. Um, does Co- what does Coco do? Does he go just from from uh, not student um, pilot to pilot and go through their whole video that was just recorded? Um, if you want him to, he will. You know, if you had a good flight, uh, he might just like touch on one or two things and go work with somebody else who maybe didn't have as good of a flight. So he he know, he knows where to put his attention. You know, to get to bring the most value to the team. Yeah, he's pretty pretty good like that. And who's like, who's made the most, that's, I think we already talked about that as far as progress, but, um, who are you, which pilot are you excited to see go to worlds and, and see how they do, you know, on the U S not, not any other country, like what, which team member are you, not that you're not pulling for everybody, but like, which, which person are you, are you, um, excited for? I'm pretty excited for Johnny. Um, just because he's, he's come so far in such a short period of time and yeah. I mean, he's really put in the work too. Like yeah. He's, he's been flying his butt off and working really hard. I love him. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's made a lot of progress. AJ, obviously, I mean, AJ now compared to AJ two years ago is two different pilots. It's, I don't think there's a person on the planet that works harder than him. Yeah. I think um, he flies the most out of anybody I know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I can't imagine anybody been. working harder than him. Yep. Yeah, he's great, but I mean, the, the whole team's working hard. You know, Craig and uh, Marin—they're working really hard. Um, obviously, I'm trying to work as hard as I can. 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Jeff hasn't been able to come to any camps, but I know he's out there in Arizona and he's got somebody watching him all the time. So he's he's practicing and I'm getting texts, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? What should I be working on? So I know he's working hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with the team. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. Have you, um, obviously, what, what about, um, has uh, Jim talked about flying at all or, or what? What is his status in terms of worlds? Um, I don't want to talk too much for Jim because that's for Jim to talk about. But I think it is public knowledge sure. that he um, he resigned from the team. Yeah. So okay. Unfortunately, he's not going to go. Yeah, totally sure. understandable. Understandable. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the whole team's behind him, and we support him hundred percent. So hopefully, next time around, he'll be on the team and be in a better place. Yeah, I love watching Jim Absolutely. fly. I think he, you know, ever since uh, he switched coaches, he was training with um, Olivier. Yeah. And, um, wow. It's just, it's, it's so incredible what a coach can do to a pilot. Like it's, it's so under just, Oh my God, not a lot of people see it. It's, it's really cool. I'm excited for Jim. I think, um, I, I just, I, I love watching that French style of flying and saying it out loud, but yeah. What's going on with the, um, with the Russians are, is it still the same? They're not allowed allowed to come. So at all. Yeah. Yep. Oh gosh! Yeah, unfortunately, they they won't be there. Are any of the, the team members from Russia from like an outer, like uh, whether it's not Russia, but what are some of the uh, other Eastern Bloc? Uh, no, because they're Ukraine? they're they're all their own countries now. So no, I mean if you're if you're a Russian yeah. pilot, you're from Russia. Yeah. So there. Yep. And did you hear any uh, scuttlebug on that? Not like scuttlebug, but um, them are they trying to still get in, or they're just they're MIA right now? Uh, ever since I, haven't, I haven't heard anything. I don't. I don't know what kind of communication is going on with them at this point. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Mark, we should email. It's them. a bummer. I mean, I I I like Mikhail Mamostov. He's a really cool guy. I kind of wish he was going to be there. Yeah. Um. The the other guys on the Russian team, I don't really know that well. Yeah. Is he? Re- he's he's unbelievable. Probably to see. I've never seen him fly in person, but his videos he's, are incredible. He's Mister Consistent. I mean, it's just. It, it it's really interesting when you watch his flying because if you watch it, it's all there's nothing flashy about it. There's nothing that makes you go wow. A couple things here and there, but you yeah. can't find anything wrong with it. Yeah, it's just it's just wow. perfect. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking incredible. And he doesn't yep. fly that much from what I what somebody told me. Like no, <laughs> they like train no. up for like three or four weeks before the contest. <laughs> it's like, well, right. <laughs> it just goes to show you, right? What I was talking about before. If you learn the proper way from the beginning. You know, you just yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. You know, they, yeah no I, junk flying. Yeah. I mean, Mama Stop's not trying to figure out how to fly an outside flick properly, right? It's, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just knocking off rust and flying the sequence and doing the best positioning and presentation. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Are there any, um, any, cause you have a, you know, your, uh, your network is, is, is pretty tight with a lot of the unlimited people overseas. Are there any new, um, newer countries? Like I know Romania has been, been training a lot the past five years or something and building up their team. Um, is there anybody that's, um, being spoken about or any countries that are being spoken about that, um, are ones to watch, not necessarily win, but like, just, I think, I mean, I haven't been paying a lot of attention, but I think Germany, I think Germany is actually going to field a pretty big team. Wow, and uh, I think I think Coco mentioned something about them that they're they're actually flying really well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that'll um, be fun to watch. Yep. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, oh, interesting. Um, that's really cool stuff. Anything new? So, 
where do you want to go with this, Mark? You want to go MX2 talk or anything else you were thinking? Let's go MX2 talk. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of like the way your MX2 flies better than your MXS. I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it flies better. <laughs> I, I think it rolls faster. It rolls like it's ridiculous. Or uh, Yeah, it's great. Isn't it weird? I mean, it's, it's literally the exact same wing, the exact same ailerons. <laughs> I have them gap sealed the exact same way, the exact same, you know, all the stuff I do with them to set them up. They're yeah. as identical as they can get. And yeah. one rolls faster than the other. So it's very weird. I mean, you won nationals in an MX2 that wasn't even that you were that Marty was um, Marty and you guys were using. Um, but is there I, any I took, drawback? I, did, I had I had two silver medal, medal finishes in uh, 2017 at the Worlds in an MX2. <laughs> um, so why not? What is the what does the MXS have over the MX2? Is it is it weight or what is it? It's, um, you know, when it comes to pure resty, the MX2 all day long is top of the heap. I mean, you can do everything just fine. Um, when it comes to freestyle, the MX2 is like 95% of the way there, but it's not a hundred percent of the way there, you know, where center mm-hmm. of mass still plays a role. And when you have a two seat airplane, you have to compensate for that front seats. So you don't have an optimum center of mass with one person in the airplane. So the MXS just has a much bigger sweet spot for all like you know the crazy flippy stuff yeah um and then so i mean for me i'm just going to fly the mxs and both because i don't want to be you know they do fly a little different from each other because they are two different airplanes and i don't want to be learning two different airplanes i'd rather just know how to fly one airplane and yeah. use it for both <laughs> so but yeah the, I mean, the mx2 yeah. is it's awesome and for a rusty it doesn't matter it'll yeah it'll do everything just fine now that you got some time on the new mxs is there um I don't mean this in a bad way. Is there anything that you would change on it, whether it's aerodynamically or something the way it's like a gauge is in the uh, cockpit, like anything, or is that airplane like everything you wanted? Oh, always. I have a, my notes, my phone, I'm always putting things on there. You know, this would be kind of cool if we did that. This would be kind of cool if we did this. It's just, you know, as you grow and mature with an airplane, you you want it to kind of grow mature with you. So you just, you, you kind of learn the things that you want. And maybe some of the things I preferred five years ago, I just don't prefer anymore. I want them a little bit different. So yeah, yeah there's, there's always stuff. Which leads That's to That's nice that you can be adaptive with an airplane like that. Cause oh, it's yeah, nice. you can, you can it's you nice can, that you can have a company that you can work with like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah, that's half the battle. Yep. Actually, that's probably more than half the battle, but yeah, you, you can't, you know, as much as I love extra that, that, that dynamic is, doesn't exist like, that relationship between you and MX does. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, I was going to talk to you about, um, you know, back with, you know, beginning beginner competition stuff for, for some of the guys uh, listening out there. Um, do you have a routine when you get in the airplane um, with how you put on, like, what do you, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, you want to be consistent um, mm-hmm. in data contests. So do you have a specific like um, step-by-step, process that you do like getting in the airplane and you do the lap belt first and then the shoulder harness and where do you you know like take us through like that whole like um setup like you're at worlds and and you're about to get in like what do you what you do kind of find that interesting yeah i mean i i try to make sure the setup the cockpit setup how i want it before i get into it you know the the belts are loosened the where i want to have them so they're easy to get to 
my gloves are right where when I reach out my right hand, I can grab them. My helmet's where I can grab it. The, my earbuds are where they're supposed to. So everything's just set up. So, you know, I could close my eyes and, and put everything on and grab everything because I know where it's going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, a big thing most people don't talk about, and I can't really describe it over a podcast, is putting seatbelts on the right way. Yeah. There is a proper way to, <laughs> oh, there's, there's a proper way to put them on, and most people don't. You know, some people have like the the shoulder straps attached to the top one and the cross straps attached to the bottom one and it, you know all this weird stuff and it's not supposed to be like that and if you talk to hooker harness they're like this is the way it's supposed to be attached and i wasn't doing it the right way for a long time and i thought it was and they corrected me and once i started doing it their way it was like "Ooh, that's that's so much better oh, wow. <laughs> i don't actually move now yeah it's makes a big difference how you actually put the belts on yeah because like on the extra the, the way that the seatbelts attached to the fuselage or the uh, steel tube uh, whatever um every time you ratchet down you have to like it's a process because the pad moves every time and you don't want the pad yep. to be shifty um mm-hmm. the angles are a little off i feel like yeah the top towards my nipples yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the um, way i mean i don't know if you can picture this the way they told me to do it is um first attach the the bottom belt just by itself right which bottom belt like the, uh, the, the the lower uh, forward the forward buckle uh, yeah, the forward flat, flat belt, right? And then just tighten those straps just enough to kind of be tight where you can get the pad where exactly where you want to be. Ooh. And then it, then attach everything to the top one. Make the mm-hmm. crotch strap come up and over the, the bottom lap belt. Attach everything to that. And then really wrench down on the, uh, the bottom lap belt. Get as tight as you can possibly get it. And then ratchet it till you're pretty tight. And then tighten up the crotch strap. Right, because that's actually going to snug it down some more, and then once that's done, tug on the bottom one more, get all the extra slack out of that, and ratchet the crap out of the you know as tight as you can get it, and then make the shoulder harnesses just snug but not tight. So do you? And it makes a big, big difference. I'm going to wow. try to. I am. Yeah. So I'd always, I'd always done the crotch strap on the forward uh, lap belt. Yeah. No. It should that's all what be I was on the taught, and I'd always done it like that. Yeah, because now okay. you get you get two belts pulling a, a, a apart from each other. Right, everything's not pulling at the same point. You don't have a single point of focus pushing down on you, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I gotta try that. Yeah. There should yeah. be a video. You, somebody makes. You need to make I'm a, a PSA you. video, dude. Don't keep it for the school. Let him pay. It's like <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, true seatbelt one on one. Yep. <laughs> oh, what do you have? Pro- TED talks with <laughs> even just the process yeah, of TED talks with Rob Holland. Like how many people get in? They just absolutely they use the ratchets, and the bottom belt isn't quite as tight as it could be, right? The crotch strap they do last is just kind of lined up. It's not super tight. I mean, if, if you do everything in the right order, I I never touch the belts at that point on. I don't have to readjust halfway through the flight. So you're so we're, that's nice. We're at Worlds. You're you're ratcheting in before you start the motor. Do you 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 know are you how tight are you into the into the seat at this point? Are you cutting off circulation or because you got a for unlimited? You have to you know crank your ass down yeah so you must I'm, have permanent I'm, bruises <laughs> i'm really tight and then as i'm taxing out i'm doing the whole like trying to lift my right hip trying to lift like trying to loosen and stretch the belts as much as i can and then before i take off i can get like another two or three clicks on both sides so you before you before wheels up you are yep. there's no circulation to your toes yeah, it's it's 
it's tight. Yeah, <laughs> it's slowly yeah. depleting. It's slowly depleting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my legs are white from no circulation. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah. And then that's, you, I think that's important. Like, like I said, the t- entire taxi out. I'm, I'm moving in the yeah. car, trying to trying to get some slack in the. Belt I got to so do that. Tighten that out of it. it so what I do difference. is, um, this is this is how stupid I am. I don't even wear seat. No, um, I, st- I, I snug up pretty good. Then I start the motor. Then I go to the run up area. Right. And when I'm running up waiting for oil temp, I, um, I ratchet down to like almost to the point of cutting off circulation, do my run up. And then I do a, um, well, if I was at a contest, I would do everything there. But, um, then I go to the hold short line and do my final check for the airplane and then right before I taxi to the runway, I get every every notch I can out of the ratchet. Um, and then when I do an inverted check, I guess, you know I still come out a little bit. Yeah. You know? Do you ever? Do you anticipate? It's inevitable. I feel like it sucks. Do you anticipate getting another I, uh, crank out of the ratchet after you do the warm up figures? Yeah, I get one or two. Yeah. And what do you do for like? What's your? Did you plan your warm up figure yet for Worlds? Uh, it's different in, in, um, Siva now. There's like all bunch, there's a whole bunch of different warmer figures you can do. I, I haven't read all the rules yet, but it's, it's like, like you, it's, it's crazy how much stuff you can do before you fly now. Oh, wow. So this, yeah, it's like unlimited nice. half rolls and what? Yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if I like that. Do they have to grant that or are you, I mean, is there a way, is there any situation where they would prevent a warmer figure? No, it's just, it's, it's just listed out. This is what you can do. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's good. But for me, really, I mean, most of my belt tightening, tightening is just in the climb. You know, I climb a little fast. So I have some speed and I, I, I pull a lot and I do a hard push over while I'm climbing <laughs> and I pull a lot in a hard push. And then while I'm pulling, I get those last couple of cranks in. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yep. And do you wear any, like, uh, any padding underneath that or like what, which style do you have the gel hookers or just the regular ones? I do have the gel hookers. I do have pads underneath, um, and I do have a, a summit chute now that, um, when I got it, I talked to Jared, I don't know, like eight months ago, nine months, whenever I started work with him and it, I think Mark, you have this now, but the, the belts actually connect backwards. So you loop it through the front of your legs instead of around the back of your legs so that the, um, one, the connectors are flat. They're not bulky and two, they're further back of my hips. So they're not underneath the ratchets. So that uh, makes a big difference. Too. I got to tell you. That harness setup, or I mean, that buckle setup on my on the new Summit shoot mm-hmm. is insane. It's That's by awesome. far the best shoot setup you could possibly. And I'm, I, I mean, he makes amazing shoes. Jared's the man. That 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 backwards setup and how, and where it sits on on how far back it sits on your hip. Yep. It doesn't interfere with the harness at all. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Is it better than the softies? I'm a huge fan. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's the same. Not even like, close. It's not even a comparison. The shoot itself is the same shoot. So the, yeah. the rig is same paraphernalia same. or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. the container is different and it's, yeah, it's, it's way better. The only th- I, I need to give him a call. The one thing I would like to work with him on is, um, a different material for the back of the chute. That's not as slippery so that it's slick. Yeah. So the chute doesn't slide. My, I got a custom seat that's was literally formed around me and it's got a hump on the top that holds the chute down. Like the chute kind of plugs into it. So it's not that big of a deal for me, but, um, if it was a, a different material in the back, there was, for lack of a better term, like rubbery or something like that, to prevent it from slipping. I think that would help a lot for most people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little non-skid. Oh, the yeah. worst than being at like figure number two and then the, 
parachutes oh, around your neck. Fucking hate that. <laughs> well, yeah. So I have an. I found out a new problem with my new my new summit rig is I have the uh, the seat flap to sit on it, which mm-hmm. is great, but it makes it makes my butt slicker on the pad. And yeah. so now I, I'm moving the my bottom's moving more. So it, that's made it um I've had to I've had to really what was tight before for whatever I was doing is is now I think you gotta ratchet back down. to really ratchet down hard. Yeah, you're being yeah. a little bit of a yeah. puss. Ratchet it down. Yep. Uh, no, I, I do. Like <laughs> for sure. I that is for sure. Dude, it sucks to ratchet down in, in my airplane, man, because the, the freaking Northern Lights midwings, dude, they put the mixture control and the prop control so far down that I can't reach it. If I if I'm if I'm I have to loosen the heart, the shoulder straps all the way. I mean I can I can cinch down the, the lap belt as hard as I can and obviously reach it, but um I can't really fly super ratcheted down and tight and be able to control things. I, I, once I set it, I can, but it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yep. It's not fair. We just made a bunch of um, custom seats out in um, Union City. Oh my god! Talk about that because I saw pictures and and AJ is like obsessed with seating in an extra. Apparently, oh, it's so awesome. So I, I had one made for <laughs> for me. It's great because it's a. I mean, the seat's a negative image of you, right? So it fits yeah. perfect. You don't have those pressure points on yourself. I can sit in my seat for four and a half hours cross country without any extra padding, and I'm perfectly fine because What's there's the no name single of the point process? pressure. What? What's the name of the company? Um, we get we get the seats from it's like Butler Racing or something like that, and it's uh, oh, yeah. it's this I don't know how to describe the process, but you basically pour this liquid and it it foams around you and expands, but it fo- it it foams it forms around the parachute, so it's like you have a plug that the parachute goes into, so it doesn't slip and move around. So I don't have to wear the butt flap anymore or anything. I just uh, when I, when I get in the seat, I'm I'm where I'm going to be and nothing moves. So how idiot proof is it? Asking for a friend to make. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come to Union City and I'll make you one. Okay, cool. And then, like, what do you do? Like, so it's a free floating seat at this point. Do you or do you bolt it into the into the structure? No, it's it's just comes in and out. So it's it's formed into the seat, right? So wherever, however, you have your seat pans and an extra set up, it just fits in there perfectly. And then once you're sitting and strapped in, it's not going to move because it's between you and the seat. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. Like such a common thing with people and Mark, you're right. Like there needs to be a video of like how to sit, you know, the proper way or just an opinionated way of, you know, getting in an airplane and, and setting up the seat belts or setting up cushions or doing a seat like this. Like it's so maybe that, it's imperative. Dude, maybe maybe it's that should everything. be my, maybe that'll be my next figure description. Do you guys want to know about the inside dude. tumble or how to put on seatbelts? Honestly, <laughs> like I would be all about the seatbelts. Both, <laughs> yeah, both. But seatbelts are a huge thing. I, I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I see people start with the shoulder straps and wrench down shoulder straps, and it makes me cringe. Oh yeah, I hate it. Yeah, when, I you're, when you're upside down, you, you don't them. want you don't want weight in your shoulders. You're just gonna screw oh. yourself up. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I just watch them compress their spine before they even start the engine. I'm like, you're gonna have a bad time. That's I'll do hurt. that sometime in the next few weeks. I'll put out a video on on seatbelts. Yeah, maybe we can get. I would be awesome. to give like a, a donation I'll get, to the team I'll, for I, it. I might get like tens of people to watch it. No, trust me. Oh <laughs> gosh, after the this is one of those things. You know how many topics we can we can cover a bunch of topics like that on here of like what everybody wants to know but everybody's afraid to ask. That's a great. And show. that is for sure one of them. How do I buckle into an airplane? Because if you, you know, everybody's been flying these airplanes and flying aerobatics, then, you know, 
that's one of those like, okay, that's got to be a stupid question. I'm going to get made fun of because I should know how to strap it. I learned that in freshman year at Rob Holland University. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, this is one of the things I think the um, the Facebook page would be awesome at. I mean, you know, yeah, the Facebook page. It's it's funny to see the memes and the jokes and all that stuff, and and I enjoy that too. But there's so many talented people out there with so much great information. Totally. I agree. What a perfect place to share it and get some of this knowledge out there. It's only, I mean, we just need to evolve and elevate the sport a little bit more. It's just been the same old, same old forever. Well, I think that the, the aerobatic group is showing that like, you know, cause unless you know somebody in competition aerobatics, you don't really know the skinny on it and, and how much, you know, it's going to be fun, but you don't know how much fun it's really going to be. And, Mm -hmm. and the aerobatic pilots group, um, really gives a, um, an inside view of what happens at contests. I mean, Freaking, we named the guy Joey Bowflex, who everybody's using the name at this point and, <laughs> and knows who we're talking about. Yeah. So, like, it's just, yeah. it's hysterical. And, like, you know, you're always going to hear the one or two stories of, of the, the asshole who, who complains that it's political and that he didn't get scored right and blah, blah, blah. And he should have finished <laughs> fourth instead of so, eighth. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, this is off topic, but I think it's funny. Um, Joe is an awesome guy. Like, really like him. I got to, <laughs> he's amazing i got to coach him a little bit and i really enjoyed i mean there's, there's nothing bad about the guy no but I, I listened to him on the podcast and he got completely backwards what i told him about the um <laughs> about an ng or a game bird oh my yep. god that's great completely i would jeff and i texted each other during the podcast about that i'm like ah uh, i'm pretty sure i don't i don't think he's got that right yeah no yeah. The NG is probably one of the most comfortable. I I didn't truly care with the way it flew, you know, really kind of pushing it, but it was the most Gucci, most comfortable aerobatic airplane I've probably ever been in. Yeah. And the game, the game bird, I think is a much more capable airplane, but oh, I, it was so uncomfortable for me. Oh my God. That's... I remember you saying how uncomfortable it was. That's why I was like, ah, I think he's, oh, yeah. I don't think Rob said that. <laughs> no, I listened. I'm like, oh, he, yeah, he heard that backwards. I remember telling him too. We were sitting down at lunch. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Yep. That's so funny. I love Joe. Yeah, and he's um, great. Uh, Jeff, to your comment about um, contest drama, I will say there was there wasn't an ounce that I was privy to yeah. um, at um, Open West Championships. It was cool. There's yeah. usually not. You know, there's everybody's just there to have a no, good No, there's never. Yeah. It's just you don't. Without it's, the internet. it's a whole bunch of like-minded people doing what they love. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so much fun, and you know, to get back to what you were saying, Rob, like the memes and 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 it'd be nice, honestly, like if there was more uh, people. I don't want to say stepping up to the plate because nobody needs to do this, but like it'd be cool to see like um, some of the the legends come on. Like when Mike Goulian posts on Aerobatic Pilots, people go fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. They go fucking nuts. It's incredible. And like, well, that's why I go nuts for Rob Holland too. Yeah. That's why I tried to do that, that challenge thing. Right. Yeah. And it's going to go. So, so oh. now he's challenged you. So you got to go do the snow cone. Yeah. But then uh, you got to find yes. someone to, and I mean, it's, but be a little bit serious about it. Right. And yeah, when, totally. When you're, when you're done, you got to find someone to no, challenge the, them. The on Don something. challenged me. I and can't it, let the it, Don down. Like, yeah, on. but then you got to find someone to challenge and then they have to. And I, I think it'd just be a great source of information. Plus yeah. be, fun to learn about this stuff who should i challenge what about if we did this um somebody that'll Ooh. respond <laughs> yeah well we could shame. So many people. yeah we could shame we'll get them to respond yeah, I, well, I, I commented Aaron on there i said you should challenge matt chapman to that's who i was thinking and how 
Yeah, what it's like to fly a 787 across that much water. And oh not my cry. god! But like, the, <laughs> but like, but like the uh, the Top Gun music to it. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hates flying over water. Does he really? Oh, he's terrified of it. Yeah. Oh my god! We should like send him some like. He picked the wrong airplane. Let's send him Dude. some like uh, arm floaties. <laughs> like thirty people sent him those. When he, was a, he has so many of those. When he was in training, everybody sent them to him. No way, really. Oh, oh yeah, so <laughs> funny. He's, he's got pictures of him wearing them and like going into the sim. You know who I'm excited about? That's so let me funny. know what your thoughts are on this, Rob. Like, do you see uh, uh, with Kermit Weeks, somebody like is restoring his S1S? Like, are you? Is there something in you that like wants him to like start flying? Obviously, he's not going to go into competition, but like just flying in an aerobatic plane and aerobatics in general. Yeah, it'd be cool. So I, mean, I was thinking about challenging him, but I don't think he, he's he's too, um, you know. I don't think he flies anything aerobatic right now. No, I meant like in his and it, and, it, and it doesn't have to be airshow stuff. You can challenge somebody on a resty figure. You know, how do you do a three-quarter outside up flick or something? Oh. You know, it, could, it, could be, it, could be, it could be anything. Maybe I'll challenge like. What about if we did, what about if we did a figure of the week? And just like every Monday, you know. Somebody gets to pick the winner of the previous week gets to pick a figure and then everybody just gets to fly the figure and film it. Anything really. Anything to expand knowledge. What was your idea, Mark? Yeah. Like a figure of the week. Like you get to pick one figure and it's like, you know, obviously there'll be some figures that people can't fly because they'll be advanced or limited figures. And I'm uh, kind of complex. It's just air show stuff right now. I love it. I do it every Wednesday. I love that stuff. Yeah, I I don't know about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no no figure of the week. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we got to get Chapman out uh, to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of like somebody else that's not well known that we got to get involved that can that can um, offer a lot to. Oh, that's my dog snoring. Um, um, Your fucking dog man, dude, telling you, poor girl. Um. My dude, my kids just feed her like potato chips all day. She's she's supposed to be like fifteen pounds. She's forty. Oh, <laughs> can't breathe. Um, yeah, I think I think um, Rosie, um, Matt Chapman. I think I think I got to challenge Matt Chapman. You know, and uh, what figure should we make him? What what figure did he do, Rob? He did a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Go back and watch his. Yeah, he always did like videos of his air show. split S entry or whatever the fuck. Yeah, like four split S's down. I challenge you to do 12 split S's. <laughs> <laughs> from 1,200 feet. Yeah, from 1,200 I was just going to say. Across the Atlantic. Why don't we bust, bust out some 800-foot uh, Frisbees? I kind of want to challenge. Honestly, I got to be honest. I really want to go with Joey Bowflex. I got to challenge Joey. I love him so much. Do it. Yeah, I think. And he'll do it, though. Like, he'll do it that day. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he, yep. he's the man, dude. He, he's so passionate. He's so freaking passionate. He's uh, and, uh, man. And, and he's a good choice. But just make sure when you challenge somebody, you're challenging somebody that like, you know, they know a certain thing inside and out and they can pass on the right information on it. Because there is a bunch of bad information out there, too. That is true. That is challenge true. him to do a, a two and a half out, uh, outside flick on the down line in a super decathlon. Yeah. While bench pressing 250 pounds. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, I got I'm gonna put some real thought on it because I like what you started and I really want to keep it going. And I think I think it's got a good shot. So I think you're right, you know, it's gotta be, you know, s- serious, but like 
I don't know. Um, I'll think of something. Oh, I was thinking about, um, I was talking to Mark the other day about getting a new guest on the show. We were talking about Rocky Hill. So if you know Rocky Hill. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually met him. Yeah, we'd love to get him on. If anybody knows out there, Rocky Hill, let us know. Um, he he lives local. I might be able to, I can probably make that happen. Yeah. Um, what's, I'll work on uh, it. What's another figure that somebody does that, because, uh, you know, you, you're okay at freestyle, um, apparently. Um, <laughs> but um, is there anybody out there that's flying air shows that does a figure that, um, you know, I'm sure you could do it, but that you think is uh, such a, for lack of a better term, cool. Um, you know, any, any, any freestyle guys out there that are, that are sparking your interest or you got, you kind of like appreciate. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Um, I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of different things. Mikey does some cool things. Yeah. Um, I feel like his air show got a lot more gyroscopic in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, Kevin Coleman is flying really great. Bill Stein's always flying awesome. Bill started doing, I don't even know how to describe it, but last time I worked with him, we were working on a vertical figure that did all these weird gyrations. It was just cool. Yeah. I wanted to teach it to me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, th- there's yeah, lots of different people inspire me. Yeah. Did you expect the Frisbee to go viral like that? <laughs> no. You know, the, the, the inverted frisbee is one of those things where like once you know how to do it, it's not a hard figure to do. Right. The the hard part is like coming up with it and trying to figure out how do you make an airplane do this? You know, yeah. once you figure it out, it's not that bad. So no, I, I'm kind of glad people are doing it, but yeah, you know, it's I, cool. I mean, if I had one wish, it's the people would see it and go, that's really cool. How do I make it something different? Right. Yeah. Cause everybody it's, I'm not gonna say it's easy it's way easier to copy what somebody else has already figured out. Right. than to try right. to come up with something new, but just copying what other people do doesn't evolve the sport. Right. It doesn't elevate it at all. Yeah. Trying to take what somebody else did and add something to it or make it better or make it into something entirely different because it inspires a different idea. Yeah. That's what keeps the sport interesting and exciting and, and evolves it into something more than what it is. You know, I want to ask Rob, do you think you could, do you think you could do that from, from knife edge? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> that <laughs> so ridiculous it's just so has anybody, ridiculous has anybody ever asked you something where you're like no i can't do that you yeah just be like yes i can go. no I, I i figured that out too it's this <laughs> so the, the 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 problem i have is the context of an air show right like where where do you fit certain things and then what comes before what comes after and trying to fit everything to a 12 minute show there's a lot of stuff that i can do that's not in the show because it just it doesn't logically fit and it might not be as interesting because you already kind of did it in a different angle somewhere Every else air show performers so. flipping you off right now well but <laughs> that's that's the reality of building an air show right yeah, every yeah. figure is depending upon the next figure for its energy state so so i was sure. i was going to ask you um you know is there a figure you're working on that you haven't unveiled yet but I'm sure there is, and I don't expect you to tell us, but how long until that figure will be public? Because you have to be working uh, I, on something. Yeah, I'm always working on something. <laughs> it, I, I can't put a date on it because it's not till it's complete. Yeah. Um, you know, there, I'm not going to name names or anything like that there, but there was that thing going around on the inverted frisbee and altitudes and who's doing it where and whatnot. But, you know, first off, like, 
the question I get asked all the time is like, what's the hardest thing you do in your air show? And the answer is none of it. It's all easy. And it's easy because I've practiced it to the point where I don't have to think about it anymore because now it is easy to me and I can put my concentration on everything else. Like, where am I? Where's the box? Where's the wind coming from? Where are the people? Where's the ground? Stuff like that. Yeah. So every figure has to be practiced to that point. And it also has to be practiced to like all the failure modes. You know, what's the worst case scenario? What if I'm at this altitude and at this attitude and the engine quits? How do I get back around and down to a flared attitude? And what's my margin on top of that? And working out all those numbers. And once all that is done, and you can't put a time period on it because it just is what it is, that's when it's ready for an air show. And now you got to figure out how to put it in the air show. Where is it going to fit and have the energy state work? Density, altitudes, temperatures, winds. Oh, yeah. Like, how do you... Yeah. If anybody came on this show and tried to like, yeah, I spent like all week working on this shit. I know it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's, that's impossible. Like that's, that's literally impossible to do. You, there's no way you can, yeah. you can do that. Um, yep. so like how, I was going to ask you how many times, like with the inverted Frisbee, because I don't even consider finding out how to even do the figure practicing it. Like once you got the figure figured out of on somewhat what the control inputs are, how many times have you done that inverted frisbee before, before, you know, practicing it in, or I guess putting it in an air show? Like, how many times did you do an inverted frisbee? Oh, like over a year. So, like a thousand? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but for a long time. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. And you were probably like really on edge. I, I, I really enjoy living. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's, it's pretty it's fun. It's pretty bad for business when you don't. It's bad for other people's business too when you cause an accident because it doesn't look good for the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and part of an issue is the showmanship side of it. It's adding all the easy fluff before and after to try to make it look wild and crazy when the reality is it's it's practice and calculated. I mean, there's always risk, but my job is to mitigate that risk as much as I possibly can. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, it's yeah. it's got to be super cool though because um, – you know, you're, you're a super young guy and you know, you're not anymore. I just had a birthday. <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. When was your birthday? May 30th. Oh, are you a Taurus? Gemini. Gemini. Okay. Gemini. Okay. Yep. I should notice. I should notice. Um, I thought I had a birthday. Happy birthday soundboard button, but I don't. Um, <laughs> Damn it. You're going to have to add that next week. Um, no, I, what I was going to say is like, you know, you still have, I, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's just gonna, I'm just going to say like, it seems you have a tremendous road ahead of you. Like me giving Rob Holland advice right now. is so ridiculous. But what I'm getting at is that like, you know, you've, how does it feel like when you like the inside tumble, would it, that would not have existed if you were not alive. I feel, you know, like, so like everybody's doing it now and it's, it's just become a norm. Where like it's almost like the Lumshavak. You know what think it's almost like the Lumshavak. Like nobody was doing a Lumshavak. And then like, you know, they started doing it in I think the Yak 50 over in Russia. And it was like this, like like remember you were telling us on this podcast, like Leo started doing it. It was like the greatest thing ever. And now like if Leo did it in a in a four minute, it's like whatever. And I almost feel like that's yeah. how it is with the inside tumble now. It's like, you know, like um like when you do it, it's nobody really gets it to go like you, but like it's it's around and people are doing it. So it's not like shocking anymore well i mean it's you know on a personal level it's it's pretty satisfying and it's fun to actually come up with something and 
have it work. I mean, nothing I do will ever claim that I'm the first person that came up with it because I, I don't know, right? Maybe somebody else has done it. I, I'm not sure. But I can say that like some of the stuff I do, I'm the first person to see do it, right? So I didn't get it from somebody else. I kind of came up with it from an idea that was in my head, waking up at two in the morning or whatnot and developing it from there. But I, I like that process. I like taking something that's nothing and developing into something that's repeatable and creative and different than what's been done before. And, you know, I've said it before, but the one thing I, I would really hope is that other people just take that and continue with it and bring it to the next level. Cause there's yeah. gotta be a whole slew of other things that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. Know? But it's, it's a world of everybody just trying to copy what everybody else does and not move it along and, and come up with the next cool thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like one of those things like, Oh, like, you know, with like Twitter, like, Oh, I wonder what the next billion dollar, you know, business is going to be. And then, you know, Snapchat or whatever. Come, it's like Lum Shavak inside tumble. And I'm sure there's a figure sitting out there in the future that, that you haven't done apparently. Um, <laughs> that will be, uh, that will be, you know, coming out there. You know, it'd be really neat actually. Sorry. I'm talking so much here. Um, is to do some of your, your figures in different airplanes, like in like Mark's midwing, right? They get, mm-hmm. they get it to like, do like a true tumble, not, not a shoulder roll or some bullshit. And like, you know, just show that like, it's not, we all, you know, people that know, you know, it's not the airplane. Um, but it'd be cool to see you flying freestyle in, in different shit. Cause I don't, I don't think anybody yeah, has. Well that, that's, uh, it's a really small part of the reason, but that's a, part of the reason of doing the whole like figure description so I do on Wednesdays is to have tell people how to do some of the stuff like the inverter frisbee like yeah. how many people saw that for so long and said oh it's you know it's because of the airplane well it's not because people are doing it in pizzas now they're doing it in extras now they're doing yeah. it in pitches now right it's not the airplane yeah. it's, just, it's just knowing how to do it it's freaking so awesome. if, if anything Super out of cool. this whole you know figure, figure description thing it's to show people that it's I mean, airplanes help only because like you get used to whatever airplane you're flying, you know, it becomes an extension of yourself, but it's not because of the airplane. It's because of the control inputs and knowing where you are and how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. I think that'd be fun though. It was amazing to watch all the inverted Frisbees. That yeah, was, was really fun. fun. It was sick. totally fun. It was sick. Um, yeah. It seems like Sammy's doing it the best out of all of them right now. Freaking Sammy. I agree. Because most people are torquing out of it and coming out upright when you're supposed to come out level inverted and he's, he's doing that pretty well. He's awesome. We love Sammy. He's married now. Yep. Mr. Mr. Samuel. <laughs> He's the man. I love him. That'd be, you know, you know, what's yeah. a really cool video is like, um, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but there was a video on YouTube with Jeff Bourbon and he was flying with some guy in an extra and he was in the front seat and the guy's like, show me this and show me that. And Jeff's just like ripping through some shit and the guy's hysterical laughing in the background. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I was just thinking it'd be funny if you, next time you're out by Mark, just sit in the front seat of the midwing and have a video camera on Mark's face and just start oh my God. ripping through the sequences. <laughs> I would giggle like a girl. Oh, you'd be passed out in like five seconds like everybody else. <laughs> oh, man. Um, be freaking giddy. No, it's cool, though. Um, I can't wait to do that. I got to figure out how to do a cool stunt going. I got to do something. Um yeah, that everybody else has done probably. I got some ideas. I'll make it. It's gonna be mostly visual. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, go bust something out, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
It is amazing how sometimes you come up with something and you do it in the cockpit and you're like, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. And then you watch a video of it from the outside and you think, that's the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, really? <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh that happens a lot. You know, speaking of freestyle, oh, that sucks. <laughs> is is Caster still the number two guy? Uh, not, not, I didn't mean it like that. But is he like the guy who can give you the most run for your money? Uh, Castor is awesome. Uh, Martin Shanka is really good. Um, yeah, a couple of the French military pilots—they're excellent. There's there's some really yeah. good sticks out there. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish yep. Philip Steinbeck would just fly to four minute too. I like watching his freestyle. He was awesome too. I remember yeah. we were in camp. Am I allowed to talk about that when he uh, allegedly came by? Because it was wavered, right? Yeah, he came by for an ace evaluation. Yeah, yeah, and he did that. One, that's like one of those figures that kind of stuck in my mind. He did a like a rolling turn, um, like low speed, and it it was low, um, but it was just really controlled. It was really amazing. I don't know, you remember that? Oh yeah, I was like, geez, that guy's fucking. Yep. Good because it didn't look dangerous, like you know, it was low, but it he was just in such no, great control. He's, he's, he's always in control, he's he's such a good pilot. Oh, dude, I wish he would come back to a rusty. You imagine having him on the team, too? That'd be awesome. Yeah, he's cool. Yep. I wonder how he would do if he really put it, put his nose to the grindstone and 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 hit it hard. Like, I bet, I excellent. I mean, he's he com- he's competed in world yeah. championships in the past and he's done great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, he was. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think of the last time he actually. Uh, competed in a high level. It's been, gosh, close to a decade now. I would think twenty yeah. years. I think, I think probably yeah. late nineties. I think it was. Last oh, time. he's the man. Um, no, we were watching just, old videos of him. He is the freaking man. I think his last worlds was the uh, worlds right before mine. So, okay, my, my, before my my first, which was in two thousand. Oh right, he did uh, England. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yep. that's when he was doing the Sbok or developing mm-hmm. an airplane. Yep. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be cool. You know, he's like the missing link to the Olymp- uh Well, not whatever, but I would love to see him fly. He's incredible. He flew uh, yep. the unlimited sequence at nationals. He just came by and was like, "Whatever, I'll bring it out." <laughs> yep, <laughs> did awesome. Oh yeah, it's sick how some people can just show up and and you know he didn't he wasn't going to win the contest, but he hadn't flown like the sequence at all and just came out and busted it out and did really well. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a pretty talented guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been by yeah. Bentonville, Arkansas lately? Not lately. I probably haven't been there in a year or so. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I like the airplane. I mean, I think it's a cool airplane. I'm really excited for, for Joe to, for JB to get one. Um, I'm excited to see it more in competition at like higher levels, like advanced and unlimited. I really want to see, you know, somebody fly it. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, we missed him. Should we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, this was a really, well, we've been just full speed two hours. We've been hammering out for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time flies. That was really awesome. Rob, uh, you want to, uh, you want to plug sponsors, plug some air show dates? Um, I mean, the big thing I want to plug is just the team. You know, you can still go on the IAC website and help support the team, make donations and whatnot. Um, even yes, just please donate. You know, we saw the number it's going to take guys donate. Send <laughs> you just, you know, send some notes to some of the guys on the team and encourage them. You know, it's been pretty frustrating this year with all the logistical problems and trying to get over there, but you know, we're all hundred percent committed and we're going to make it happen. So 
Just when show the team some support. And, you know, the Yak team's over there right now. Show them some support, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. You no, know, they're flying their butts off. But, when are you... Um, Absolutely. Anytime you run into Alice, just give her a big hug and say thank you for helping the team because she's amazing. When are you supposed to airline over there? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to try to go over around the 15th or 16th, start practicing on the 17th. So for like practice always up to the beginning of the championship, which is August 3rd. So five weeks. Yeah. Oh man. You're going to yep. coming up. Rush it. Love it. Yep. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, dude, I got to send the, uh, I guess we got some good feedback from some of the other guys on the team with the gloves. I think, uh, obviously they're not, uh, what, what's the right word here? Um, there some people just like a different style glove. Like we're, you know, Robbie, you were talking about how you like it a little more high on the wrist, but, um, yeah. Do you make, do you, uh, do you guys make them amends? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm feeling so good about myself. Knock the window. No, I, <laughs> no. I, I, I warm. I think they're great. They're actually really, really comfortable. I just, I just prefer a longer glove. It's just a personal preference. Yeah, we. I actually yeah. emailed them to see if they can. Totally understand. Hold them, yep. hold them. I will not buy any more. From, no, they're uh, they're going to see what they can do. <laughs> they make a fireproof one, but it just goes against what we were trying to do. It's just too thick, you know. And like, if, I think Alpine makes, you know, or Alpine or whatever you want to call them. I think they make a good good enough glove that it's not worth trying to, to compete with that with the fireproof side of things. Yep. Um, but what do you you use Alpina, right? No, uh, Sparco. Sparco. Sorry. Yep. Cool. Um, you guys should make custom hip pads for your next product. Well, do you ever use the hip pads that that AJ bought that I told him that to use? No, I I had um, Oregon Arrow make me some custom stuff, but I just thought it'd be cool to have like pads that like when you're sitting, they're actually kind of shaped so they don't like crunch up and kind of get in the way. You're you talking know, like they're for the seat they're wider where they need to be wider than narrower where they need to be narrowed. But yeah, the pads you kind of put like under your shorts the save your hips from the belts but maybe so, actually oh, have yeah. like make it like something you actually put on like maybe it's a belt so everything kind of stays in place and i don't know there's got to be an idea there so i um it's not a bad idea this is why we need a podcast for like ground ground ops uh and everything like that like you know different types of shoes gloves pads you know all the above i just sent you what i what i use um yep. i put those on my, my my pants um i use a football pad uh, but it's the hip pads um, yep. and it works. I haven't had a bruise um, and every good unlimited pilot is like, well, you're not pushing hard enough. I get it. I'm a, I know I'm a wimp, but they, uh, they do a good job. Um, and I don't really feel that the negative G's really don't hurt too bad uh, with these. And uh, there's $16 on Amazon. You go to Champro ultra light tail and hip pads. That's what they're using. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, Mark, honestly, like we should do it uh, even like maybe it's got to be a video. You know, I think if you do an episode on seatbelts and all that shit, it's got to be visual at that point. Oh, absolutely. It has to be video, <laughs> right? It's so funny. I listen to you guys. And if, if you guys actually had an episode for every person you said you're going to have on and every idea you said you were to talk about, you'd be on episode like 3032 right now. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Mark, we should make an aerobatic scented candle. We <laughs> <laughs> do a podcast about it. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. This smells like inside tumbles. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you honestly, dude, 
how sick like people not sick like in a bad way but if you put rob if you tried if you sold an aerobatic scented candle that was like the inside thumble people would i would buy it <laughs> i'd buy one if i want an heartbeat <laughs> absolutely Oh my god, yep. that's funny. I know I talked about this last time, but I still think you guys should go to Nationals and start a YouTube channel and um, just start putting up content. And you guys are the ones that should um, host all the, the you know the live like streaming of the flight and stuff. ceremonies. Yeah, we talked to Lori. That'd be so much She's fun. Game. I think you guys would be great. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be cool just to have that would like, be so much fun. All these segments that just keep going up on the YouTube and our channel that people can, you know, watch at their leisure and and really kind of see the the backside of the nationals, not just the flying. Yeah. I think that'd be great. It's a good idea. And it, it, we'd only need like three days. Well, I'm gonna be there anyway, but Mark, you'd only you know, three days is plenty. You go to less like the last three days of the contest. Um it's, it'll be, Let's do it. be in a little bit of a chore to do seven days or whatever the heck, but yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. We should, fi- we got to figure something out. You'll, that would be you fun. just can't live stream. You can't really depend on live streaming at that thing. Cause the internet is so shitty out there. Um, yeah, it'd be all like pre-recorded shit and then an attempt to live stream. Yeah. But you could just, you could just load it up to YouTube as you go. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. And you what could would probably, you- you could probably find someone to sponsor it, so it's actually worth you guys while to be out there. What would you? What would you like? Mm, would like interview idea. like on-site interviews? Um, on-site interviews with pilots, with volunteers. You know, just kind of sit there with the camera and like, you know, how does the scoring happen at a contest? You know, you could probably do five minutes on just like the score and what they do. You wouldn't yeah. want to do thirty minutes yeah. on it, but you could do a quick little segment. Um, on on, there's just so many moving parts. I think it'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, I mean we could do that. Fuck it. Fuck it, right? Got it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Oh my god, that's funny. I like it, dude. I'm like, I'm trying not to hit the yeah. soundboard buttons around because I don't want to kill this soundboard thing. But <laughs> no more soundboards. No, I can't do it. You hit your quota. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Let's wrap this thing yeah. up. Do you have any? Uh, We're hitting two, two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. What do you wow. want to plug? Uh, lift helmets. Uh, I, I love them. I love my lift helmet. It's terrific. Fits great. I don't know if Rob knows, but I have. A, I, I don't have a lift helmet. I, I love lift for supporting you guys, but I'm still a bonehead guy. I, I am a bonehead guy. Well, we love that. We love that bonehead supports you. Yeah. No, that'd be I, great. You don't love Absolutely. it. I love it because I have Mark does. Mark got rid of his bonehead, so he's lying, he's lying right through his teeth. I still appreciate the company. Do you? Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever you say, Pinocchio. I just like it because such uh, a, it's one. I mean, the way I have it set up, it's super, super comfortable, and it's just so low profile. I, I just have way more headroom wearing that than any other helmet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a which, very low profile Which is helmet. critical for me. I mean, I'm yeah. not exactly a short guy, so I need that. You should honestly, in all seriousness, um, you know, I might just send you my helmet because I took, you know, there, the bonehead Aries that had like that, like mm-hmm. 10 pounds of hardware on the top for the visor. Yep. So I took that all off, but I left the visor and then I used like a, um, I use a lock nut, like an eye lock to put pressure yep. on the visor and I use it and it flips up and down and it stays. And I've been pushing. You know, I push pretty hard um, and it doesn't move. And it's uh, I never got into the bungee 
is you know i just heard some some stuff about it that you know i wasn't really looking to get into but i love it and i don't know if uh if you're interested in maybe getting in areas and doing that but it, it really alleviates um dealing with the bungee system i the way i have my bungee set up i i have kind of I don't know how to describe it. I have stops for the visor so it doesn't move at all. Um, you know, if I if I pick it up and move it to the top of my head, it goes up there. But once it's down, yeah. it's in place. It doesn't move. So I, I've, I haven't had an issue with it at all. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Next time yeah. I see, I'll, I'll show you what I did. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the bonnet, I like it. I haven't had any issues. It doesn't come off and the strap is nice. Yep. Um, you know, um, I think, I think next season of Fly Cool Shit, um, Brought to you by uh, Bonehead Aviation, and then there you go. And then Mark, get them to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, and then and then I don't, dude. I'm all for it. <laughs> I just kidding. No, Lyft is awesome. They are. They really are cool. They're they're dude, helping out a lot of contests. Two helmet companies can sponsor the uh, the the podcast. I'm okay. I with don't it. know if you are more than you have enough room in your house for another set of <laughs> set of helmets. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to clear a shelf, but you know. As long as they give me more than you, then I'll be I'll be happy. Oh my god! I need three bonehead helmets for every one of your helmets. Yeah, Rob, you know he's got four helmets, right? From Lyft. You do yep. not have four helmets. <laughs> yes, you do. You're lying. I shipped that demo helmet back. I can't. Believe, that, that's even worse, honestly. That the fact that like I didn't, I don't even have a helmet, and you're like, you know what? I'm too good for this helmet. Take this one back. And like poor Jeff over here is like. I want to try the helmet. I want to see if it works in the airplane. And they're like, no, you're dirty. I want to send you a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just getting that. Uh, you're from Jersey. Yeah. Skis. Can't send you a helmet. Skis in his jeans. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll wrap up. Still helmetless. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, Rob, you want to plug the rest of your sponsors? Um. Just check my website, ultimateairshows.com. They're all on there. Uh, they've been great. You know, Braymont, and Sling, and MGL, um, Champion, Full Stop Aviation is sponsoring me now, which is awesome. They Full Stop is awesome. Maintaining my airplane. Yep. Really good Sweet. people. And, I mean, so many others. They're all on my website. Check them out. They're great. And support the team. And if you haven't joined IAC yet, join IAC. Please. And you could support the team through IAC, Absolutely. right? There's a donate button. There is. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Go buy some shirts from Rob. Support Rob. Yeah. Hopefully in and the next week or so, I'll have a whole new line of shirts coming out. So check them out. Ooh, sweet. Yep. I love it. Time to break out the old PayPal account, dust off the PayPal account and buy some shirts. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. What else we got, Jeffy? Anything else? Um, oh, um, we're offering a scholarship to the Rob Holland critiquing school. Um, so submit your resumes and, uh, we'll pick, pick a winner. <laughs> no, I got nothing, including a helmet. <laughs> awesome. Hopefully, well, it comes soon. Thanks. Hopefully it comes soon. Thanks for having me on here again. I really appreciate it. Oh, dude. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks Rob. for coming back yeah, on. My pleasure. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. All right. Have a good one. Later.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 